Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a place where all of your dreams come true. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome to Vicky's World. This is a very special one-shot edition with Tom Burgess from No Rolls Bard. Uh, joined me and John to play this one-shot adventure set within the the same universe as Vicky's World, but um, a couple centuries before. But it does uh, work as a one-shot. So if you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is a fun, frolicking Dungeons and Dragons adventure with uh, a lovely, diverse, inclusive cast of uh, British comedians and um, nerds. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you don't need to know anything else really about the show to enjoy this episode. Uh, we're all playing um, one off characters. And if you like it, why not go back and check out some of our epi other episodes? But honestly, uh, these we're going to release a few one shots before season four starts. And really, if you can't be bothered to listen to three seasons of uh, of our adventure, you, you you could probably jump in season four and still have a pretty good time. It's all gravy, baby. Whatever floats your boat, just do your thing. If that list of old episodes is intimidating to you, just start here. Stick around. Enjoy the ride, and once you fall in love with us, I'm sure you're going to go back and listen from the beginning anyway. So yeah, nothing left really to say other than sit back, relax, name your favourite type of dragon, and please enjoy this uh, Draconic Society special one-shot edition of Vicky's World. Generations ago, the world ended. Forests were torn up, mountains were toppled, and whole lakes were swept away by the power of a furious storm. The only hint of life remaining was the crystalline city of Forge, a bustling metropolis built by Dwarvenkind and their allies, where towering quartz temples shine in the warm glow of lightstones. Guild artisans hawk their wares at markets that go tens of stories deep, and the tenets of the craftsmother, to protect, to persevere, and to create, drift through every layer in echoing harmonic song. 
If you take the winding stairways or pulley-operated lifts down from the temples, past the markets and the workshops, and stop before you enter the foundry district and its miles of rattling metallic chimneys, you can wind your way past the bigger guild halls into a side street where a sign in desperate need of repair sparks with dimming lights and declares the ramshackle building behind it to be the headquarters of the Royal Draconic Society. Though you all know it has been centuries since Forge had a proper royal family of artisan monarchs, the Royal Draconic Society perseveres in the memory of one of the kindest-hearted, or softest-headed, depending on who you ask, in history. Queen Beryl the Blubberer. And it is her seal that marked the summons that you all received this morning, calling you to a job of utmost importance. Everybody, please roll initiative. Shit, Go on, Tom. Um, oh, sorry, can I swear on stream? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, um, natural 20. Yeah! Right. Welcome, welcome, Coming welcome, Tom Burgess. Hot dog. He oh, is amazing. so keen to be here. Yes, he might stick around. We might just keep Tom. <laughs> he might not be able to leave. All right, so I, I gather that uh, that Tom is, uh, Tom is first. <clears throat> I rolled a six. 19. Okay, lovely stuff. Ooh, nearly there. Uh, all right, in that case... Um, Tom, you are first to arrive. Would you like to describe uh, the first figure that steps up in front of the Royal Draconic Society? Okay, so a small old human man steps forward. He's about 5'4", average frame, wears very, very simple plain black robes. His hair is dark but balding um, across the crown. He wears a small pair of spectacles and has a distinct little mole on his forehead. Fantastic. All right, lovely stuff. Well, uh, you're not there long, Tom's character, or you're not there long alone, uh, as you hear the footsteps of a fellow member of the society hurrying up behind you. Uh, Talal, do you want to describe who uh, who Tom's character turns and sees? Sure. A, a, a youngish dwarf dwarf uh, scuttles up behind Jovial Bob, um, and uh, also with glasses, probably... Uh, like perfectly round, quite thick, um, with a handmade wire frame ne- uh, nesting gently upon their nose, and uh, with a rucksack full of books, a couple extra books hanging off the side of them for quick access, and um, a-, a very humble uh, light warhammer, you know, on his <laughs> on, a- on his on his belt, probably because it's expected of a dwarf to have a weapon on you, but it'd rather not. Um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, quite, yeah, just um, probably quite fidgety and, um, yeah, maybe not very steady on their feet. A bit um, kind of like, yeah, fidgeting and like, you know, uh, pushing up their glasses constantly. And, Fabulous. Um, oh, <clears throat> oh, good to see you again. Jovial Bob nods to you and smiles a, a small but warm smile. Could I just add one more detail? I forgot to note. Uh, he's carrying with him a very large book, um, uh, almost about half the size of his torso. Uh, it's covered in um, in sort of uh, a sort of slimy bump-based detail, and it's bright green. Wow! And Amazing. He, he nods and smiles warmly at um, at the dwarf. Bump-based material, eh? <clears throat> slimy green. Big slimy Fantastic. green book. Okay. All right, so the two of you, the two of you greet each other. Um, you have a, 
you're a bit of a wait, I'm not going to lie. You, you know that there are the, your summons told you there were three people who were expected to come and join you, um, but it's a good maybe five or so minutes before the third member of your party manages to arrive. Uh, head, shoulders, and honestly, most of torso above the average height of the dwarven crowds here. Uh, John, do you want to introduce your character? So kind of squeezing through the door is a, is a, a man, a male orc, who is... Uh, too big for this world um he kind of yeah kind of tall and muscular wearing animal kind of parts as clothes so he's got like some big woolen boots some um stitched together kind of leather fur trousers um got these kind of you'll know what these are called vicky the, the wrist guard things pauldrons like braces and braces. Fan braces. Fan braces. He's got some fan braces and he's got a large um, a large kind of wolf wrap around his neck. Um, and he's got a big fucking axe resting over his shoulder. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, all right, you two. Couple of nerds in the house, I see. Oh, oh it's you. I guess uh, you're our protection then. That's right. I'd like to think I'm a little more than that, but sure, just look at me and see muscles. I guess that's all you're good for, isn't it? All I'm good for, I should say. Oh, I'm already getting very confrontational, sorry. I'll have my morning coffee. <laughs> oh, uh, let me uh, brew you up some. Uh, I'll pull out a little tinkering set and, and brew him up some coffee. <laughs> much, much yeah, you could do that. That's much fine. obliged. The other thing I should mention, I forgot to say, is his right arm is horribly scarred um, in a way that is very visibly different from the rest of his body. So he's kind of mottled green skin. Um, he's got the occasional scar on his torso, uh, but his arm is like ravaged. Should mention that. Amazing. All right, so uh, you are all assembled and uh, unless you have anything else to do out here as Dr. Hieronymus, the, uh, the dwarf brews this coffee up, uh, you're welcome to step into the guild hall. I, I nod. Uh, wordlessly at uh, Jovial Bob. Hmm. Uh, Jovial Bob gives you a big, warm smile <laughs> and nods back. I'm inwardly charmed. Aww. Aww. Uh, so stepping into the guild inwardly hall... Inwardly charmed. I want that to be very uh, clear. <laughs> I'll open the door for my elders. Alright, so as you step into the guild hall, you're greeted by the familiar sight of administrative carnage. Bookshelves overspill with loose pages, the floor is taken up with stacks of tomes, and at the far end of the hall, several assorted pieces of battered armour hang from the arms of the guild's statue of Queen Beryl, making her look like a particularly lachrymose coat rack. <laughs> uh, you hear a voice from among the stacks. Uh, Hello! If that's the debts, Warden, I submitted the requesting extension forms in triplicate yesterday. Oh! Oh, Hello! A rocky face pokes out from amongst the teetering piles of books. This is the guild mistress, Waltra Fossilhewer. Uh, she's a young deep gnome and the only member of the guild who volunteered to take the position of guild master, mis mistress or leader uh, at the last AGM. Uh, she scrambles out from between the books and blinks up at you all through these thick, uh, kind of chunky glasses. And she says, oh, I'm so glad to see you, Jovial Bob, Dr. Hieronymus Sturm. Oh, I'm so glad you got my summons. All right. Oh, I, I am. And how, how are you? No, that's the greeting. I just say all right. And it just means, are you all right? But it's more, it's oh. not really an are you all right. It's more of a, it's, 
Uh, just where I'm from, you just say all right. It just means hello. Oh. I'm talking too much. Let's move on. It's an honour to be summoned, um, and I don't mean uh, any disrespect, but um, perhaps could I help you with putting these books up on a, on a shelf or a table or something? Just the sight of books on the floor puts me a bit on edge. Oh, uh, well, that's very kind, um, but uh, she looks behind her and you can see there are the entire guild hall is stuffed with this carnage. <laughs> um, and she says... <laughs> Um, um, perhaps later, when you come back from uh, from from the, the reason I've called you here, really. Uh, but I, I do appreciate it, Hieronymus. Okay. Sorry, uh, Doctor Hieronymus. Back at the university, they used to beat us senselessly for for leaving books in such a state. But uh, of course, this oh. isn't a school. This isn't a school. No, no, no. <clears throat> this is the Royal Draconic Society, Doctor. We would never do something like that. We would never cause harm to each other. We're here to support each other, to protect each other. Okay. Uh, Jovial Bob reaches out a um, liver-spotted hand to shake yours and just says, you're doing a great job. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Um, you can see Vultra recognises that Jovial Bob is definitely one of the kind of more senior members uh, of the group and is actually a little bit flustered to sort of be uh, be mm. spoken to so kindly. And she said, oh, well, thank you very much. I, I do my best. It, it means a lot that you're impressed with it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, tea, tea, coffee, everybody. Uh, I can see you've already got your sturm. Um, but a- anybody else want a hot drink? I smashed Hieronymus's one. I go, oh, that was great. Thanks, Hieronymus. Uh, flat white, please. Uh, uh, right you are uh, follow me um, and she leads you all into almost like a little grotto uh, that is sort of uh, overlooked by these teetering piles of books uh, she offers you all kind of uh, seats constructed of uh, some very comfortable armchairs and for the, the larger one of you um, just a large chair that she's made of books um, <laughs> no it's not a school <laughs> And, I, I, pat, uh, I pat the doctor on the head and go, "Don't worry, doctor. We'll we'll sort all this out when we get back, won't we, guys?" It's okay. Oh, well, that'd be it. very kind. That'd be very kind. Um, I do appreciate it. Uh, I know that you're uh, you've uh, you've not been a member of the the society that long, Sturm. But uh, I hope you're you're uh, fitting in here better than you did in your old society. So, uh, <laughs> um, Sturm flinches ever so slightly and goes, "Yeah." Hmm. Uh, yes, yes. Vulture kind of seems to take the uh, take take the hint and go. So, um, <clears throat> I uh, I do have some information for you. Um, so the uh, the Guild of the Tumbled Stone, uh, the Jewelers Guild, uh, they've recently purchased uh, a section of the of the peaks of Memnor's Peaks, uh, which are as you know the the mountains in which Forge, the the, the dwarven city that we're in, uh, is is located in. Um, they've uh, they've purchased a section of the peaks far to the east, uh, with the hope of mining out a section of rare gemstones. Um, recently, their miners uh, seem to have been reporting some strange happenings going on. They continue to walk back to sort of the main central chamber um, and discover tunnels that they swear the crews never dug. Um, and they've also had reports of mining equipment floating and getting flung around. Um, to be honest, I didn't think this was anything particularly relevant to us until I found the Guild of the Tumbled Stone has... Um, They've hired the DEA uh, to help with their little problem. Not the DEA. Sam's massive hand kind of crunches on whatever book is on top of the pile. <laughs> Yet another coffee cup is <laughs> destroyed. Jojo <laughs> <laughs> um, of your Bob makes the slightest frown and the oh. the bumps on his book begin to bubble. Mm. <laughs> <Goosily>. <laughs> 
Fulcher nods and says, uh, now I'm sure I don't have to tell you all um, anything about the uh, Draconic Eradication Alliance, uh, but it's it's safe to say that the, aims, uh, the DEA's aims are uh, opposed to ours in almost every conceivable way. Um, and apparently they've been hired by the Guild to help out with this uh, little problem. Uh, before that, I wondered if maybe they were dealing with some ghost or, or elemental, but... Um, now I believe this may be evidence of the existence of a, a very rare dragon indeed. Uh, there are uh, particular types of dragons, though they haven't been seen in a long time, um, that are said to possess telekinetic abilities. Um, of course I'm talking about uh, gem dragons. <gasps> now would, obviously the... Would, I, oh, sorry, I, would I know anything about gem dragons? Make a history check. Oh. Uh, well, I rolled a six, but I get plus ten for history. Damn! <laughs> Sixteen. All oh, right. What, what do I You're know? like, I don't know anything except I know everything. Yeah, maybe I did an elective on on them. Uh, so you year. know that generally gem dragons. Uh, not just telling the truth here. Not not much is known about them. They tend to avoid humans. They're very secretive, uh, or humanoids. Sorry, they they tend to avoid humanoids. Um, you know that uh, they do have telekinetic abilities um, in the same way that a, a red dragon might be able to breathe fire. Um, generally, uh, they tend to be able to emit this kind of thunderous scream of, uh, of telekinetic power that flings you back. Um, you would know that some gem dragons have the ability to burrow through solid rock um, and they uh, sometimes leave tunnels behind them, sometimes they don't mm. uh, but that's why they're quite hard to track down because the second they hear, usually the second they hear any mining uh, going on near them they just slip through the slip through the rock. Uh -huh. um, you would also know that gem dragons are not inherently good or evil. Um, they don't necessarily feel a pull to one or the other uh most tend to be neutral and react to how they're treated um you would also know historically speaking that gem dragons were almost hunted to extinction centuries ago they're very endangered no one's heard of one for at least you know 200 years or so um well and this, uh, this, they're very valuable if this truly is a gem dragon then hiring the da was a complete overreaction by by all accounts, this poor little thing is probably more frightened of the miners than they are of it. I agree with the doctor. Who, why did they hire this DEA? It, well, I presume that the uh, um, the vein of gems they found was probably quite lucrative. And, you know, regardless of what you might think of dragons, having one in the middle of your mind probably slows down production. Well, I rather think that the dragon's got some miners in the middle of his house or her or their house, don't you? Indeed, Sam. Very astute observation. Thank you, Doctor. Gentlemen, if the DEA think they're going to roust such a magnificent specimen from these tunnels, well then, they're in for a scare. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, fuck you, but also I completely agree. Let's go. <laughs> Walter nods uh, and she says, well, uh, I, I think this dragon could be fascinating to study, um, but it's very important not to harm it. Uh, dragons hold grudges for centuries, and if there is one, we want to find a way for it to peacefully coexist uh, with, with the rest of us, obviously, as you all know. Um, but, uh, well, I, I'd better not delay you too much longer since the DEA have already set off. Oh, um, one more thing. Um, she reaches into uh, one of the books beside her um, with a, a startling accuracy pulls out exactly what she was looking for uh 
she's acquired a map to the mining outpost and she hands it over she takes a look at all three of you and she hands it to bob uh, to jovial bob sorry um as you unfurl it jovial bob you can see that it should only take about one day of energy to get there um obviously being uh, people that live underground you don't really have sort of a sun or a moon to um measure your days with so you tend to measure them by energy um so uh, the only dangerous part that you can see on this map is a section that seems to run past the Starfall Canyon. Uh, so it seems that if you just stick to the path, you'll probably be fine. Um, as you study this map, your conversation is interrupted by the thump of something cracking against one of the Guildhall's dusty windows. As you all kind of peek out of this little grotto to look, you see the contents of an egg oozing down the panel. What do you want to do? As in someone has thrown an egg at the window. Yes. Um, Sturm gets up with a sigh and looks at, what was her name, Volta? Uh, Voltra, yeah. Voltra goes, you want me to take care of this? Oh, uh, yes, please. That'd be All very right. kind. Come on, come on, lads. We've got some troublemakers. <sighs> they just don't appreciate what you do here. What we all do here. I know, I know. Well, come on, Doctor. Uh, and I walk heavily outside to the, the direction the egg came from. Uh, as you walk, you hear a cacophony of at least three or four more chickens' worths of eggs being thumped into this window. Uh, as you step outside, you see there are three dwarven teenagers laughing and jeering, flinging other eggs towards the guild hall. Uh, dragon lovers! Hey, if you love scaly snakes so much, why don't you just marry them? Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I go, oi, you lot. <laughs> come <laughs> here. Uh, the three of them kind of stare at you wide-eyed um and then the middle one steps forward and says we're not afraid of you y you all work against forge you love dragons they're creepy creatures if you love them so much why don't you leave here and go and bother them you're not afraid huh no. well let me let me just take a look at one of those eggs one of the uh dwarven children shakily holds out an egg come on don't worry. Hand it over. Um, okay. She, she hands over that egg. So, Jovial Bob takes this egg, mm -hmm. which came first day, <laughs> and he puts it down on the ground, uh -huh. and then uh, he's going to cast a silent image, uh -huh. and just concentrating on the egg, it just starts to roll back and forth a little bit on the ground and then the shell begins to crack and he whispers very lowly chicken chicken and then from inside the shells a gigantic uh, 15 foot wide chicken emerges out um, <laughs> wings spread out flapping up and down cacoring into the sky uh, and just begins to screech in the children and at the children's faces <laughs> Three children uh, in uh, in harmony scream for their lives and they run the f away. Uh, <laughs> it's good, spooky fun. <laughs> Safely, uh, you see they've left behind uh, a basket, and at the basket at the bottom of the basket, along with a couple of uh, eggs that they didn't get a chance to throw, uh, there also seems to be a scrap of paper. Hmm. I, I look down at uh, I look down at Joe Bob when I go. Not bad, JP. Not bad. Yes, although your methods were effective, I think we did miss an opportunity to educate these youths about the wondrous nature of these dragon friends of ours. 
Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Aronimus. Uh, I just, I can't resist a good scare. <laughs> well, you won't get me with any of your games, but good job. Let's have a look at this scrap of paper, we'll, we'll shall we? In these eggs. Just like, I'll, I'll <laughs> your bomb. <laughs> oh, JP. Uh, these eggs will make some good lunch for our walk. Um, <clears throat> shall I do the honours, gents? Yes, please, please do. Oh, I'll have a look at this scrap of paper. Reading's not my forte, if I'm honest. Oh, well, I I love reading. <laughs> <laughs> I pat all my books in my backpack, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, Solal, I have sent you what it says in Zoom chat. Oh. Well, I think this... We might encounter the author of this particular miniature tome. Late to the party again, dragon lovers. Eat our dust. This is uh, old Bert Knockley from the DEA. We better shake a leg then, boys. Sturm starts to grind his teeth a little bit, and he goes, "Oh, uh, well, I was gonna, I was gonna clean up the egg mess." I say, "Right, we better get a wriggle on then, then we fellas." Uh, yeah, we don't feel like there's anything else we need to learn from uh, from our friend in the guild, nah. right? No. Yeah, we've got the map. You've all come prepared with all your adventuring supplies as well. So, uh, sorry, go on, John. I'd like, I like to grab a cloth or something and just wipe the window of the main, just like oh. a quick wipe, just so it doesn't look quite so um, besmirched. You can do it, absolutely. Uh, you you manage to uh, to pass it over. Um, it, it makes a very small amount of difference, but at least you've done something. I just don't want to see the like, fresh yolks dripping down. Mm. You can gather the lo- yolks very gently in your handkerchief. And I eat them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please uh, tell us what that sounds like, John. I no one wants to hear that, but I just want you to imagine these yolks slowly dribbling. He kind of wrings the cloth out. Oh, um, I thought you were going to be like. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give our friend a wave through the window uh, while he while he slurps those yolks. <laughs> give a little salute. We'll be off then. Uh, Bob is also just going to take this moment to um, to cancel the fifteen foot chicken that is still <laughs> stomping around. Oh, he always yeah, forgets to do that. <laughs> just going to cancel that sign image. It's the only time he's ever got written up by the guild is leaving his illusions out. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. All right. So as this uh, as this chicken disappears uh, and um, Sturm, you finally get to have breakfast. Uh, you will make it out of the eastern entrance of Forge. Uh, where the... I'm going to add basket of eggs to my equipment. Great. You have three eggs in the basket. <laughs> it's become very fairy tale. The three of us skipping down a road. <laughs> which one of you needs a heart? Which one of you needs a brain? And which one of you needs courage? <laughs> uh, so you will make it out the eastern entrance, uh, where the guards haul open these huge crystal doors, uh, depicting Forge's deity, the Crafts Mother. Um, setting off into the tunnels is a pretty familiar experience for all of you. Uh, it's not unusual for a dragon to make its lair within easy reach of Forge, considering the number of kind of rare and valuable items crafted within the city. Um, and the RDS, uh, the Royal Draconic Society, often sends its members to negotiate with them. Um, of course, not all members return from these trips, uh, but you try not to think about that. Uh, so you all set off into the humid darkness. Um, you travel for about 20 or so hours following the guild mistress's map. Luckily it seems to be pretty up to date um, and you make uh, the choices of twists and turns and you choose the correct junctions according to this map. Um, But as you get to sort of hour 20 or so, would you all like to make a perception check? Yeah, I'm 
terrible at this. Uh, uh, oh god. That's eight. Eight? Fabulous. Four for me. Four? <laughs> so I'll have you. Ten. No, same as John. Four. <laughs> Alright. Uh wow. Okay. Um, Here comes our first encounter. <laughs> uh do you you all have dark vision, right? As your Yes. Jovial Bob, um, you, you no, Jovial Bob no. doesn't. His okay. eyes, eyesight is terrible. He's, oh. his, he's in his 70s. That's all right. Do you want to have brought like a lantern or something to see by? Oh, well, I'll see if I've got something in my pack, actually. Nice. I might do. Uh, um, I, I do have dark vision. It does say yes. bracket shades of grey. <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, all, all Bob has brought with him is, is materials to write with. Uh, so, no, he's got nothing. <laughs> all right, fantastic. Would you, would you like to borrow one? Would you like to borrow one, JP? Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Here you are. I always bring one just in case. Fantastic. All right, so, uh, Jovial Bob, as you hold up your lantern, um, you spot something a little bit further in the distance. It's quite unusual. These tunnels tend to be, if not well-walked, then at least not uh, busy enough to acquire anything different. Um, But you see a boulder in the distance, maybe about 50 feet from you um, and you spot something at the bottom of it. If one of you young whippersnappers whose eyes are a little sharper than mine could take a look down here I think there's something unusual up ahead Alright, I'll go Alright, Sturm, you step forward Uh, Squinting with your dark vision, you approach this boulder Um, You're pretty familiar with what bodies look like and it doesn't take you long once you get up next to this thing to identify that this boulder is over a body it seems to have crushed a dwarf uh in the uniform of the guild of the tumbled stone um he looks to have been pretty fit and quite young he is male um and he's wearing the clothes of a miner um he's crushed under a boulder face down oh goddess what a mess uh, I examine, as you say, face down. Yes. Uh, is there anything I can tell from examining the corpse? Uh, make an investigation check and let's see. I will. That is 13 plus... Where's my investigation? Minus one. It's <laughs> 12. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna... <laughs> bad at everything apart from fighting, it oh, seems. Oh, that's all right. That's a barbarian's lot, I'm afraid. The second we do mm. roll initiative, you're going to be just, like, cleaving through people like butter. I like, hope so. Butter cleaves through a pan. I don't know. I should have got in there to help. Uh, that's all right. Well, he's rolled now. Uh, with a 12, you can see... Um, you, you can tell uh, the the gender and sort of vague age of this body. Uh, you can tell that he has some kind of pack on his back. It seems quite small, um, but it, he, you can only really see the strap. The rest of it seems to be crushed underneath this boulder. Um, and with the 12, you can rifle in the pockets of his overalls um, and you can find uh, 15 gold pieces, um, a, a kind of a, a gas refill for a lantern. Um, and you also notice that his hand seemed to have been holding a pick. Is there any way I can move the boulder off him? Uh, you can absolutely try. It is round. Uh, make me a strength check. Yeah. We can make could, it athletics if you want. Yeah, could you... Uh, could you not give me a hand? I'm afraid... I'm afraid there's been a bit of an accident. Could you give me a hand moving this boulder? Just we need to uh, give this gentleman a... a final... a final send-off. Um, sure. 
All right, I'm gonna roll athletics well. with advantage. Don't know why I've said that in my character voice. <laughs> I've said it now. Sperm <laughs> says it out loud, and everyone goes, "Oh, okay, bud, you do you." That's a twenty-five. Twenty-five. Nice. Uh, this boulder um, doesn't take much for you to move, Sturm. Um, you you put your shoulder against it you see Hieronymus maybe Hieronymus you're like looking at the best angle to approach it from you're trying to uh kind of push it so that it lumps off his body uh and yeah and crafting a lever momentum it's, yeah. it's like a guy a guy kind of beckoning a truck driver out of a drive <laughs> just like, yeah just this way this way yeah uh, you, keep it coming you get a pair of immovable <laughs> rods that glow and you're like back 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 yeah uh that's great um a stern you set your shoulder where Hieronymus uh directs you um, and you heave and with your strong back and legs behind it uh this boulder rolls off very easily um you find uh that you can now access the small pack on his back if you'd like to and i go requiescat parche and i close his eyes <laughs> although they're probably they're probably crushed by boulders so he doesn't have any eyes. Do, I, do i recognize this dwarf are they from forge do i recognize them uh as you take a look at them you can tell that they're definitely from forge you can tell that they were probably employed by the guild of the tumbled stone considering they're wearing their uniform they look to have been a miner of some kind so not an old mate of mine from primary school or something uh he can be if you like no, I wouldn't like that. Okay, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it to be a dead friend? <laughs> no, okay. No. Okay. Uh, no, you don't recognize this person. Right, I spit on him then. Oh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Well, quite complicated approaches to grief here at Vicky's World. Um, we kind of go for the switch approach, not the slider approach. Um, oh, God. No, I'm, I'm definitely a bit sad to see one of my Forgians crushed to death in this manner. I'm going to just have a... I'm going to silently watch. I'm a bit moved by this. Amazing. Go ahead. So uh, I found some gold pieces, gas mm -hmm. refill, and mm -hmm. anything else, Vicky? Uh, and a pickaxe, and you can feel in his backpack if you'd yes. like. Yes, please. Uh, so you reach in, or do you just want to look? I'll reach in. As you reach in, you feel uh, you are going to take... Um, just two points of damage as you reach into a load of broken glass. <laughs> Oh. Um, you can tell that uh, there was probably a lantern in here once upon a time, um, but it was smashed as this, you know, boulder fell on him. Um, you also, as you Ooh. kind of reach in and feel about, um, you can feel a uh, oily slip of paper, slip of parchment. Um, and as you pull it out, you can unfold it if you'd like. And it looks like a requisition order stamped by a foreman of a mining enterprise. Uh, and it is addressed to the guildmaster of the tumbled stone. Um, and it says this. Hey, doc doctor, could you read this for me? <laughs> oh, I'll send it to the doctor then. It's not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify, John, can Sturm read? Yes. Okay, but he just hates he's not. It. He's not a confident reader. Okay. He's been told his whole life, because he's a big bruiser, that he's not intelligent, and he's kind of internalised that Aww. as the truth. Oh. Um, but actually, he's he's a perfectly intelligent guy, um, but cool. he's not been schooled well. He's not been um, he's not been given his full potential, so he's not he's not a um, yeah doesn't have much faith in his cognitive abilities beyond kind of survival slash nature stuff. So, um, Jovial Bob will have noticed you pass the material over to Dr. Honest Reed. Just going to walk up to you. 
Um, puts the sort of hand on, I guess, your forearm, because he's quite a small man. <laughs> um, reaches into his robes um, and pulls out a small book uh, written on parchment with a kind of bumpy top um, and just says, Stump, I think you'll enjoy this. It's nothing more important to me, getting people to read Oh, look, thank you, JB, but it's not really uh, not really my wheelhouse, if you, if you get what. Hitting things, cool stern. Reading things, I mean, call someone else. Well, just take it, and if you don't read it, you don't read it. And he passes you a book called The Orc That Hit Everyone. <laughs> uh, and Sturm looks at the front cover and his eyes widen for a moment. <laughs> and he just goes... Right, yeah, yeah, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And you can tell he's absolutely thrilled. <laughs> or at the very least, you can tell that he is. His curiosity has been piqued. Uh, gentlemen, uh, it, it looks like our gem dragon is in. Well, the uh, the the tum the old the old miners they they've got they've got terrible plans for this gem dragon they were sending this man to fetch materials to subdue and capture it on on whose authority all for the good all for the good of getting ore and minerals whose authority I, i'm by the look of this letter it looks like forge were in agreement with their methods it's just a request for materials to subdue and capture this dragon it's a good well uh, I stopped myself from saying it's a good thing he got crushed. And then, um... yeah, I think um, Stern does start to grind his teeth again and looks down at the corpse and briefly considers rolling the boulder back on top of it. <laughs> but realizes it's a bit, it's a bit too much effort. Well, speaking of, can I look around? How did this come to be? Was this boulder pushed or was it an accident? Can I look for any tracks or anything like that? Of course that? you can. Go ahead and make a. This will be a perception check. You're trying to notice things. Not an investigation. Nah. <laughs> I mean, oh god, I really thought it would be. Yeah. Um, that's a ten then. Ten. Okay, with ten, um, you take a look around, and actually, you're right. There isn't really anywhere that a boulder could have come from around here. You know, you look up, and the ceiling is relatively smooth. You look to your left and right. The the walls also don't show signs of a boulder having moved through them. And then you look up ahead, and you realise that. This tunnel seems to come to an abrupt end, and beyond it, there seems to be darkness. That as you squint through, you see that the right uh, wall seems to kind of slip away up ahead. Hmm. Gentlemen, I, th I think someone was uh, was trying to sabotage their attempt, maybe to get at the dragon first. Um. Yes. While I'm saying that, I'm going to kneel down by the backpack and touch the broken uh, lamp mm -hmm. and just cast mending on it. Fantastic. And uh, give it to Jovial Bob and say, hey, you, you can you can keep this one. Jovial Bob gives you a nod and a smile, takes the lantern off you. I'll, I'll take mine back then. <laughs> so we, uh, you believe that there are multiple factions trying to kill this uh, this beautiful creature, is that correct, Doctor? Ah, uh, I don't, I, I, I dare not assume. I'm just telling you uh, that reading the cards as I see them laid out before me, this man was murdered, it seems. 
It's just good to know how many necks I'm going to have to break before the end of the day, you know? Oh. <laughs> well, it, there'll be a couple. Save one for Bert. Oh, yeah. I'll save, oh, I'll <laughs> save, I'll save both of these. And he raises his big meaty hands for Bert. <laughs> As you talk about Bert, Stone, you, uh, you think back, you think back to a few years ago when you weren't a member of the Royal Draconic Society. You think back to when you were a member of another association. And you think back to when you and Bert were close. He was always an asshole. He was always kind of full of himself, but you also know he was good at what he did. He was powerful, he was strong, he was a good warrior. And for all he was an egoist and, you know, liked money and uh, enjoyed the, the fight, um, the two of you used to get on really well. Stem, I don't know if there's a, a particular moment that sticks in your mind about you and Bert kind of having had a, a moment of, uh, of alliance many, many years ago, or... Um, whether yeah. you gradually sort of grew out of him. You know, I think that's the worst part, is that I never stopped caring for Bert, but he was on the mission where I no longer saw eye to eye. And I don't think, I don't believe he left on purpose. I think he thought I was dead, but that was the mission where everything changed. So I definitely don't, I have very complicated feelings towards Bert. Um, much less so the rest of the DEA, <laughs> I would say. But mm. me and Bert have a lot of shared history. Mm. We're on a lot of good missions together, but we are now ideologically on opposite ends of the spectrum. Fantastic. You guys see this moment of um, not, uh, not, not conflict. I think Sturm knows very well what he wants to do, but... A moment of him recalling something, something that causes him pain. Could I um, inside check, Sturm? Yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, that is a 10. Fabulous. Uh, so what are you trying to tell about Sturm? Um, I think Jovi Bob picks up on some kind of vague turmoil um, and just wants to see if Sturm is all right. Without basically without prying and intruding, he just wants to see if he can discern if Sturm's okay. I, I will add to this that Sturm is not someone who is very good at hiding his emotions. You can tell I think. Sturm's not really that okay. Um, and in which case, Bob just stays perfectly silent, just standing next to Sturm, keeping close to him for the time being. Ahem. Shall we push on then, gentlemen? And uh, keep an eye out for traps. Yeah, Sturm kind of shakes out of his revelry and goes, mm, let's go. Fantastic. So, as the three of you proceed, I'm going to have to ask who is leading the way. I think I'd probably go first. Fab? As the um, as the most robust of the party, and I've got dark vision. Makes sense. Nice. And then, Bob, do you want to stay next to Sturm, or do you want to kind of come back a little bit? Um... Just going to stay a little bit behind him for his own physical safety. Um, I'm just uh, going to, if I can, use Thaumaturgy to change the colour of the flame of my lantern to um, green. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Can. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, sensing <laughs> a preference for a certain colour. <laughs> uh, so, as you guys proceed, um, 
very nearby, perhaps only five or ten feet away, you come to the edge of a great stone ridge and you hold your lanterns up to be able to see it. Uh, the ridge is about five feet across and clings to the left wall. To your right, the stone drops away into a huge canyon. It's very wide and too deep to see the bottom. The black rock here is streaked with glowing veins of purple gemstone, uh, but mining here has always been considered bad luck. This is Starfall Canyon. You're close to the mining outpost, but this ridge is very thin and very dangerous. Did I notice anything strange about that opening you mentioned earlier when we walked past it? This is what that is. Oh, you said there was one off to the right. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the it. right okay. wall seems to drop away into the canyon. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Uh, um, if you'd like, Doctor, you can make a history check and see if you know anything else about this place. Since you spotted is it. Is this history check uh, to do with stone? Uh, it is. I guess this is technically a stone creation. Oh, well, in that case, I get <laughs> I get to have advantage and I add double my proficiency to the check. <laughs> yeah, um, you do. Thanks for asking, Vicky. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have stone cunning. You do. Um, so I roll with advantage. Ooh. That'll be a 19. Uh, you don't get advantage oh. um, on stone cunning. You just uh, add double your proficiency bonus to the check. Oh, okay. Do excuse me. Well, that's all right. Just take whichever um, roll you So I add 20 to my check. Um, so that'll be, <laughs> that'll be 35. <laughs> but you're this is a time where the doctor gets to really flex his muscles. Oh, give me that 35 I knowledge, to, please, Vicky. I hate to tell you, but your proficiency bonus is not 10. That's your skill modifier. Your proficiency oh. bonus is plus three. So you get to oh, add... Oh, so I, get, I add six to it. So, six. Um, so 25 plus six, 31 then. I'll, I'll settle for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, as long as it's a reasonable number, like 31. <laughs> 35 was silly. Uh, you know fucking everything about this canyon, man. You know all, you know a heck of a lot of stuff. Uh, so, st- actually, do you know what? With that, I am going to send it to you in chat, and you can tell everybody what this oh. is, considering you know um, there's some information for you uh, about Starfall Canyon and the history of it, um, and what you know and what you wouldn't know. But this is a this is a story that you would know, actually. So if you want to tell it as a story, you feel free. My, 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 my good men, uh, I would love to in, in inform you a little bit about this very historic uh, part of the outskirts of Forge, if you don't mind. But um, Starfall Canyon here, this is Starfall Canyon, by the way, um, <laughs> it's evidence of the great war between the deities and the storm. And uh, they say the Craft's Mother, God bless the goddess bless the Craft's Mother, uh, and may the Craft's Mother bless us, fought so hard to forge Memnor's peaks that the ringing of her great hammer brought a star plummeting down from the sky. A star was a sort of light stone. That star, and uh, from before the age of the storm. And, and the guilds, well, they did once try to go into the canyon, and they never returned, except in the nightmares of their loved ones. So, whatever the star was, it should probably be allowed to keep its gems. So, as we walk through here, please do not... Uh, please resist the temptation to, um, you know, take a, take a little sparkly gift home to your loved ones. It, it won't be worth it. I, I promise. There we go. Stern, who initially... I had uncomfortable memories of being back at school and being very uncomfortable. Found that he uh, he registered a lot of that uh, 
and he nods curtly. Oh, I love that. All right, well, I have your order as Sturm, Bob, and Dr. H. Is that the order you would like to step out onto this ridge as? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. Hello again. Hope you're enjoying this Royal Draconic Society one-shot of Vicky's World. I'm Talal Karkuti. Just jumping in really quick here um, just to say thanks for listening. And a quick reminder that, yes, we're going to be releasing a number of one-shots while I edit up season four really nice for you and get it out on this podcast feed in all its beautiful uh, glory with sound effects and foley and you know all the all the jazz all that jazz however if you're hankering for more you can follow us on twitch twitch.tv forward slash vicky's world rpg and watch along every week currently we are doing shows every tuesday evening at 7 p.m we're there pretty reliably week by week, and we'd love to see you there. That's twitch.tv forward slash Vicky's World RPG. All right, back to the show. Uh, as you set off along Starfall Canyon, um, could I get everybody to just make a quick little dexterity check just to see if you can keep your uh, keep your balance on this path? Yeah, we like, oh, we're going along a path or around yeah. the edge of it because I. I the, my knowledge said it wasn't good to go into it. You're not going into it. There's a ridge that goes sort of along the top of it, uh, and you're trying to sort of cling to that mountainside and move along. It's not going to be cool. too hard, but I can see uh, to- Tom's got kind of fear and horror in his eyes. Uh, Tom, what did you roll? Um, Jeffrey Bob rolled a six on his dex check. Okay, cool. Uh, Sturm, how did you do? Uh, natural 20, baby. Hey, and oh, Dr. Um... H. Uh, a 10. Okay, all right. Sturm and Dr. H, you have no problem uh, clinging to this ridge. Uh, but Sturm, as you look back, you see poor Jovial Bob. He's he's a little bit wobbly. He, he's an elderly fellow. You guys have been trekking for quite a while. Um, and you see him... You see him begin to topple over towards the canyon. Uh, will you please make me Sturm? Um, let's go for a... Dexterity saving throw to see if you can grab him before he goes over the edge. Okay, so only says okay. That is a fifteen. Fifteen. Yep, absolutely no problem. You managed to, with that combined with the natural twenty, you actually managed to get both at heart arms around him and sort of very gently set him back in place. I, I, I pick him up with both hands, put him back, and go. You almost scared me there. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. This is turning out to be one of my hairiest adventures. <laughs> uh, all right. So you, uh, <laughs> uh, Sturm, as the one ahead, you are leading the way, passing along this ridge. Uh, you are all very, very careful as you pass along. Um, and after, I mean, it's hard to tell whether it's a few minutes, whether it's an hour, all you guys are sort of hyper-focusing on is keeping your balance. Um, but after a set amount of time, Sturm, you manage to see the end of the ridge where the tunnel resumes and you are filled with relief for one second before you hear a rumbling and you look up and you see above you above all three of you a boulder thundering down from the top of the cliff face towards you everybody Uh. make a dexterity saving throw 
It's a bad day to be an old man. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> all right, go on, Tom, what did you do? Uh, 19. 19, all right, great day to be this old man. <laughs> 18 for me. 18 for Dr. H and Sturm, how did you do? Sturm's pretty knackered from all the previous good rolls because he rolled a seven. Oh, no. Ooh, uh, Sturm, uh, yeah. Uh, Jovial Bobby managed to kind of back out of the way and leap. Uh, Dr. Hieronymus, you also managed to leap. But Sturm, you reckon you can probably take this thing, right? You're going to try and fight it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's already beaten one boulder today. It's yeah. like, I can do, I can do two for breakfast. Wow. And you are flung off the edge of this ridge. Sturm, there is one rocky outcrop as you realize you probably shouldn't keep holding on to this boulder uh that you can <laughs> no no i can take it i can take it <laughs> you hug it you try to crush it desperately like the world's strongest it's man it's you and me baldy <laughs> very well <laughs> oh no <laughs> have all these boulders been alive this whole time there's yes. no time there's no time to think about this I, I, I do a history check on this boulder <laughs> uh, double my proficiency <laughs> okay fine go for it <laughs> No, I, I'll I tell do you what, history. You're barbarian, am I right? <laughs> oh, no, I, hope, I hope you're not right. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna no. make an athletics check to see if you can grab this one rocky, rocky outcrop before you plunge into That is a 17. 17, fantastic. You managed to let go of this boulder despite that moment of connection. You grab onto the cliff face um, and you slam against it. Uh, Your shoulders strain with the effort of keeping up such a strong body uh, and you're about kind of 15 feet down in this, uh, down down this canyon, but uh, you are not hurt. Um, actually, you would be hurt by the boulder. Sorry, I lied to you there. Um, you have been hurt for um, four points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, I, I shake my... I hold on with one hand, but mm. assuming I'm strong enough, I shake yeah. my fist at the other boulder, and I go, you win this round, Baldy. <laughs> it goes... And, this is to be <laughs> and I go, oh, that must have hit me harder on the head than I thought. As, as you are swearing vengeance and you guys are thinking about how to save your friend um you hear shouting in an unknown language um grating and guttural shouting coming from above Um, mm -hmm. um can i try and comprehend this language you can indeed comprehend Um, this language it's going to take me 10 minutes to do it do i have the time (laughs) (laughs) you take a look at your your friend clinging on for dear life um you actually also would know um that you have uh uh can you could you not just cast comprehend language oh no does it take 10 minutes um, I, will, I, only, oh, I can only cast it as a ritual action? because of my my warlock ah, stuff. So I've got to take the extra stuff. ten. Uh, uh, Have you got you, any? Uh, you also uh, remember, if it helps, you can absolutely do that if you want. Um, but part of your gifts from your patron, uh, your mind has been awakened, and you can telepathically speak with any creature you can see within thirty feet of you if it understands at least one language. Um. Okay. So would I be able to? L- would I be able to understand what they're saying without trying to talk to them, or would I have to send them some kind of Professor X brain message? <laughs> you can send them a brain message, or you can cast comprehend languages, whichever you'd prefer. Um, if I have time, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I don't want to alert them to where we are. Um, 
great. So if I have time, I'll cast Comprehend Languages. But if not, Fantastic. then if like, not, I love this. You see your friend like hanging on by the thread, and you're like, "It's time for a ten-minute ritual spell." <laughs> you sit down, you get out your books, and you're actually, yeah. How does this look for your uh, your Comprehend Languages? Um. So yeah, he just um looks. Uh, Honestly, I don't think Jovial Bob would leave Sturm dangling. Okay, all right. <laughs> he felt he was in danger. As much as that would be fun, um, I think, yeah, Bob would try to do what he could to help him out. Um, which is, looking at my list of skills, absolutely nothing. Did you have something you wanted to do? Do I know that you were trying to understand what they were saying? I, I'm, I'm more concerned about Sturm, to be honest. Yeah, I think... I, I can comprehend languages a lot quicker than 10 minutes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I might, um, uh, Sturm, Sturm, uh, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send someone to help you. Yeah. Uh, oh, don't worry about me. I'll get my own way up. I'll just a bit, a bit uh, discombobulated from that bloody boulder. Hey, okay. Well, takes two to get, tango. Get climbing. Get we've got com- you're, you're at the bottom of a valley, Boulder. I cannot hear you. <laughs> get climbing. We've got company. I'll and get, then I'm going to cast Comprehend Languages um, and see what they're shouting about. Fantastic. All right. Um, it takes one action, which I guess is six seconds. Um, don't worry, JB. I, I, I've got this. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I understand the literal meaning of any spoken language that I hear, Amazing. and then a bunch of other stuff. All right. So you cast comprehend languages as you do Sturm. Please make me an athletics check to clamber back up onto the ridge. I just love that uh, JB is six seconds into his ritual, and Doctor uh, <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Got it." <laughs> he's got everything out. He's Ooh. setting the candles. That's a 26. Was it athletics? Yes. Yeah, 26. 26. Sorry, sorry, 23. 23. Oh, okay. Well, with a 26, you would have made it. Um, With a 23, (laughs) um, you are pretty, honestly, for which one of you was going to get knocked off? Sturm, you reckon you can handle this yourself. Luckily, uh, you are a very strong warrior and a particularly kind of athletic one. Uh, so you manage to hand over hand scramble yourself up this almost sheer cliff face. Your hand grasps around kind of juts of strange purple crystals um, and kind of croppings of this sort of black rock. Um, but you scramble out hand over hand and you ooh, manage to push yourself back onto the ridge just as Dr. Hieronymus turns and casts Comprehend Languages. Uh, Dr. Hieronymus, to you it no longer sounds like grating guttural language. Uh, it sounds like words. Um, and they're saying, turn back, be gone from this place. You're not permitted to enter here. Turn back or I shall hit you again. Was, comprehend languages doesn't let me speak in their language, does it? No, it just means you can understand no, it. it. And can are these JB people... To, to, to telepathically speak to them? Yeah, Hieronymus, if you can uh, tell me what that noise is all about. I think maybe I can try to communicate with them. Sure. Uh, and these people are between us and the exit to the uh You're not sure. So you guys are about still 30 feet or so from the exit. You can hear this voice coming from further up above you, um, up above this kind of cliff face area that you're you're hanging on to. Um, and uh-huh. it seems like the boulder had rumbled down basically between you and the exit. Doesn't JB have to be able to see them to telepathically communicate? Uh, he does. JB, do you want to uh, make a perception check to see if you can see what's going on up there? Um, yeah, all right. Nice. 
and and um, while he does is... that, I'll, while he's, I'll go on. That's a twelve. That's a fourteen. Sorry. Fourteen. 14. Lovely stuff. Whoops. Lovely and stuff. And I'll relay relay to my friends what they were saying. Uh, we're not welcome here, <laughs> you, boys. You definitely see what this is. Having rolled a five for stealth. Uh, this you look up and clinging to the rock um, about 25 feet above you is a strange chunky creature made entirely of rock but because it's made of sort of a greyer stone unfortunately it stands out quite a lot Uh, it looks humanoid but also a little bit like potato shaped torso wise Uh, its head is sort of hung forward and it has a wide sort of almost pumpkin level grin Um, and you would know what this creature is I'd say Bob, having lived in and around um, Forge for most of your life, if not all of your life, um, this is a Galabdur. Uh, so they are little elemental creatures well they're medium sized elemental creatures um, who tend to be summoned as sentinels and guardians Uh, they have little stumpy appendages that act as arms and legs and they have the ability to animate rocks and boulders around them Um, fuck you would know that they're not inherently evil they're not inherently good they are neutral as most elementals are um and as an arcane user you would know that often they are summoned by powerful druids to protect a place okay so i'm gonna try to communicate with them telepathically all right lovely stuff what would you like to say hey there fella Ah. (laughs) hello Hi, it's me, famous children's author, Jovial Bob. <laughs> Hello, Jovial Bob. Um, my name's Stonely. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Jovial Bob appreciates a good pun, Stonely, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you. Glad. Why are you tossing boulders at oh. perfectly innocent folk? Oh, well, it's my job, isn't it? Um, I got uh, I got summoned by one of the DEA assholes, uh, um, and uh, she told me to sort of stick around here and uh, throw stones at anyone who wasn't uh, a DEA asshole or a, a member of the Tumbled Stone. And I'm afraid to say you lot don't look like them. So you know, ah, turn back. You're not allowed in. Sorry, bud. I don't have any idea or anything for you. Exactly what did the DEA ask you to do? Uh, throw boulders at whoever wanted to come through that wasn't one of them or one of the miners or one of the uh, tumbled stone folk. Um, they said, don't let anybody in. Um, so she's... you're not going to throw boulders at people who aren't in the DEA? Oh, well, yeah, I've got I've got to. I mean, unless they're a member oh, of, the, of the guild. No, sorry, it's my fault. Sorry, I've been hanging upside down on this cliffside for a while and I think the, oh, no, the no, rock's that's onto my, my head. No, I'm no, all no, no. my brain gets addled. What if I told you we were members of the DEA? Oh, are you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. If you're a member of the DEA, then why don't you recite uh, their their oath poem to me? Then, um, can I? Is so he's aware of this oath poem? Uh, yeah. So, will I be able to use this awakened mind to try and read the oath poem from the surface of his brain? Ooh. Um. Hmm. Uh. I think, yeah. I, do you know what? I think you can, but I think if you beat him on a charisma check, because you're trying to convince him that this is, you know, this is something that you definitely know and he's got to bring it to his mind in order to fact check you. Um, so go ahead and make a charisma check. Just straight charisma. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be straight. And in fact, very few things on Vicky's world are, but... Um, 
that is a that's not great that's an eight no that's a 12. No, mean... 10. there we go he I'm got, tired. got a it's two. A it's fine. He got a two. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, he better not know the oath poem. He better not know the oath poem that goes, dragons, dragons, hear them roar. Dragons, dragons, oft no more. We will banish them every day till dragons, dragons go oh. away. I'll bet he'll never say that back to me. Oh, what a simp. Um, and then Bob proceeds to recite that word for word. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Oh, sorry, mate. I didn't. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, actually, you should be careful of that. I mean, it's totally my bad. But uh, you you look a little bit like the uh, the people from the Royal Draconic Society, and I was told they were assholes, but you, you actually seem pretty nice. I didn't, I didn't even know you spoke Terran. That's really lovely. Um, that's awesome, and I didn't know that you were members of the DEA. I'm so sorry. Um, really, it's my kind of um, embarrassment here. Uh, please don't let this uh, affect your review of the canyon on uh, on Tripleback. <laughs> I won't. And uh, <laughs> give me your name again. I'll be sure to leave a glowing recommendation. My name. Well, actually, uh, if you want to do it properly, um, my actual name in Terran is. But Stonely's fine too. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> It, no, uh, not quite. It's just like a after the not a. Oh, I'm sure I'll get it right. Yeah. I trust you, mate. I trust you. Well, Stonely's fine. Stonely's Ask him fine. about our flattened friend in the tunnel. There was that his fault. Oh yeah, I'll kill that guy. Um. <laughs> so, where are the DA now? Oh, they're uh, they're in the uh, in the chamber. Actually, they're in the mine. Do you want to go in? You're welcome to. You guys are nice. Stonely. Yep. Now, we all left in a hurry this morning, so we didn't really get a proper time to read the briefing, but what right. exactly are we expecting in the mine in terms of numbers, weapons, danger? Oh, sure. Well, uh, as if I, you know, obviously I've not really been in there, um, but if I, you know, judging by, um, if I, you know, if I'm a Galabder that can count, and I am up to 14, I would say that there was at least 14 people in there. Um, I've heard kind of yelling from there and kind of like thunderous roaring, but I'm sure it's nothing. Um, to be honest with you, <sighs> I know the three uh, folk who, well, the one who summoned me, the one in a suit, um, and uh, and and her two mates are in there. Um, and it's uh, it, beyond that. I've seen a couple of miners come past. Okay, we'll keep an eye for someone in a suit, who of course we will naturally report to. Thank you very much, Stanley. <laughs> Nice to see you. Uh, uh, you know what? You lot seem really nice. Um, Edgley, obviously, it's none of my business what you do with your lives, but you seem too nice to be working for the DA, you know? I mean, they're assholes. So uh, you, you, you lot just take care, yeah? Uh, don't, uh, you know, don't get caught up in too much drama, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hang loose. Yeah. Jovi um, uh, Bob gives you a, a pleasant nod. Um, and then, speaking to Sturman Doctor, Hieronymus, so... Gentlemen, there seem to be a significant number of DEA agents through that canyon. Would anybody like to go on a stealth reconnaissance mission? I I look at look at uh, JB and I go, believe it or not, I can be a stealthy little thing when I when my mind is set to it. I would happily happily go on a little excursion, see our DEA chums. All right, sir. He slaps a hand on your shoulder and says. Let's get invisible and then cast invisibility. Which, sh which on you. shoulder do you slap on? Um, the the one that isn't wounded. Oh, good. 
um, says, um, yeah, let's get invisible and then cast invisibility on you. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> My my, my, my my books are, are not the loudest of cargoes, but as long as we're in here with the aim of uh, preserving and uh, and, and, and invest and uh, learning about this uh, gem dragon, then I'm all for it. We've already made our decision, but good to know you're on board ideologically. Well, uh, Doctor, um, you and I should stay behind not being men of action and stern, if you'd be so kind as to go ahead. And sure. I, uh, I, in, you can't see me anymore, I guess. Uh, how invisible am I? <laughs> Completely invisible. Okay, I, I go to nod, realise I'm not getting a reaction, and go, yeah, okay, I'll go. <laughs> Shall I, uh, would you like an extra boon, Mr. Sturm? Uh, I, I don't know what that means. Well, did you know that when a dragon lays its eggs, they are the most protective <laughs> creatures above about their about their newborn could, uh, could you they... move a little close to your microphone i can't really hear you oh well well did you know that when a, when a dragon lays its eggs they're one of the most protective species regarding their newborn they will not go further than a one mile kilometer a one mile radius of those eggs and they will uh, absolutely obliterate any motherfucker who comes anywhere near them and with that little uh, factoid I will. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some uh, bardic inspiration. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and uh, bardic inspiration, by the way, uh, it it gives you um, uh, you get an inspiration die, which is one d eight. And so for the next ten minutes, you can add it to an ability check, an attack roll, or a saving throw. And because I went to the School of Creation, there are also other abilities that come with it. So when you use your Bardic Inspiration, please let me know, because depending what you use it for, you will get an extra little an extra little goody-goody. So make sure you Great. use it in the next 10 minutes. Okay. Do I have to use it before I roll? Uh, so you can no. use it after you've rolled, as long as you uh, tell me you're using it before I tell you whether or not you succeed or fail. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I can't have so to use it before If you I roll, roll really. low, fucking just say, I'll oh, add my bardic to it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Cool. You can't see this, but um, Sturm is tickled pink by hearing a, a professorial character swear while teaching. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's, he's got a big silly grin all across his invisible face. Now, I, I may be a PhD student, but I'm no professor. I, I'm still a student. I'm always a student. Forever right. a student. I I mean, that wasn't in my character voice, but okay. Oh, no, of course. I, 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 uh, Anonymous is just uh, reflecting on his life. Whatever, that, you can read that <laughs> on, my, uh, on my surface. Okay. <laughs> I can't read it on mine, though, because I'm invisible. <laughs> of course. I Okay, I go uh, in a bit, lads. And I, I, uh, I stealth off to have a little peek in this cave, this cave of wonders. Amazing. Yeah. All right, go ahead and roll me a stealth check. But he has invisibility. Does that give him an advantage or something? Yeah, what does, what does that mean uh, uh, stat-wise? Good question. Got advantage, right? I mean, yeah. Okay, that is an 18. 18, very, very good. All right. Uh, so, as you, you, uh, you slink along, um, it doesn't take long. Only maybe a space about 20 or 30 foot tunnel um before you hear clattering and shouting from up ahead 
Uh, Sturm, you peer into a wide chamber the size of a grand banqueting hall, and you see a scene of utter chaos. At the far end, you see a huge dragon with shimmering blue scales thrashing and snapping against row after row of steel chains that are secured around its body. Some of them are pinned into the rock with heavy iron stakes. Others of them are being grasped tightly by about ten miners in tumbled stone uniforms. About five more miners are gathered round the creature's tail, hacking away at it with pickaxes and shoveling the shards they dislodge into barrels that overflow with an unmistakable blue luster. Sapphires. Enough to make a lot of people very rich indeed. Overseeing all of this is a trio of very familiar figures. The only ones in this chamber not wearing the tumbled stone uniforms. The Draconic Eradication Alliance. Hmm. These used to be your colleagues. You recognise Ruby Jargill. She's a hobgoblin arcanist who loves to compile and sell tales of draconic devastation. You also recognised Cabajon, a corporate dwarven druid sellout. Uh, She wears a suit and she thinks magic is best when it serves the bottom line. And, unsurprisingly, you recognise your old sparring partner and your former best friend, Bert Knockley. He's a particularly strong dwarven warrior in his second century with a shining golden beard and a reputation for heroics eclipsed only by the size of his ego. What would you like to do? So you're saying none of them are called Ernie? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I see I see this group that I used to run with and I see this dragon, this majestic beast being treated like a like a bank and my heart just breaks. And I and an older Sturm would have rushed in and just like gone into a barbarian rage but I think time spent with these more thoughtful academic men has rubbed off on him and he think he thinks about the book in his pocket that he still wants to read or try to read uh, and he with just real like a deep sadness he sneaks back outside to to his two friends Fantastic. You sneak back outside. Uh, Jovial Bob and Dr. Hieronymus, is there anything you want to be doing in the meantime? Uh, um, How long long was Storm on that reconnaissance mission? Uh, Probably took him only about five minutes. It's not that far away from where you are. In fact, if you were particularly observant um, or particularly listening out to hear it, you'd probably be able to hear some of the shouts and chains from the end of this canyon. Gotcha. Um, it's probably just like uh, getting my crossbow ready, loading it up, and <clears throat> I might have said to Jovial Bob, "I'd be like, Jovial Bob, you do know I respect you, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was a child, I used to read all of your books. Oh, I'm delighted to hear it. Which one was your favourite? Well, <laughs> of course, the the dragon and the apple, the the, the tail, the the cliff edge." The apple tree hanging precariously on the edge there. And the dragon who only dreamed, he didn't dream of gold, didn't dream of diamonds. Only wanted to taste that sweet apple juice. And, uh, <laughs> well, we all know how it turned out. But my gosh. With a cliffhanger at the end, yes. <laughs> 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 I read the whole series, you know. But um, I did go on to uh, more academic things and I've kind of strayed away from the world of fiction. I hope you take it as no offence, but I've been more enthralled and intrigued by 
by more non-fiction and factual affairs than than your world and i feel a bit out of touch with your work i hope your more recent works have done well oh yeah i'm i'm still rolling in it don't worry uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you uh are you into uh, i hope you do a lot of research before writing one of your your stories i'll be honest with you Hieronymus. Uh, most of it just comes from the top of my head. I, my, my books are all about readability and getting people to read. Uh, oh. That's the thing I, I prioritize more than anything else. The fact that you read my books growing up and now you've devoted your professional life to books, be they fiction or nonfiction, uh, brings a great swell of joy to my heart. Well, well, of course, and I always keep in my pack here one of, one of the books that inspired me. Well, the dragon and the apple. I always keep it in my pack here um, because it did actually inspire me to lead the path I went on to lead and I would be so honoured if you would sign it for me. Um, Jovial Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, easy there. Jovial Bob um, smiles a broad, warm smile, um, takes your book uh, and then just taking a small dagger from his pocket, carves a slight groove in his index finger and signs Jovial Bob oh. on the inside page. Well, thank you very much. And In blood. If you, ever, if you ever do choose to write about dragons again, I, I, I would love to share some of the knowledge. I, I don't claim to be the most knowledgeable, of course, but if you, if you would like to learn some new facts about dragons, I'm always here. Hieronymus, if I ever need a dragon expert, you're the man I'll call. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I blush. <laughs> <laughs> you hear you hear the sound of foot, of light footsteps that, that grow heavier as they get closer, uh, and I assume I'm still invisible. How long does it last for? Um, it lasts for an hour, or I can stop it. Oh, nice. Okay. Depends if you I want to stay invisible. Well keep, I may as well keep it. I mean, you. Luckily, I'm invisible. You can't see the tears come streaking down my face that uh, <laughs> Stern is trying to wipe off. You can just um, see a small drop of moisture just progressing <laughs> along the ridge. Just a small trail. Air's crying oh. again. <laughs> Shut up, Hello. I go through a lot. <laughs> I go, I go, um, we, we need to head in there now. I just want to warn you too, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. And uh, also what's going to happen in there, what I'm going to do, it's not very pretty either, so... Just it's been it's been a pleasure. I hope you don't think any less of me. Uh, I admire you too greatly. What you do, I can never do that. So um, yeah, let's go. Let's go save us a dragon. We'll do m- what must be done, Stan. And we've got your back from a safe distance, of course. <laughs> well said, yeah. Stan. Let's fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> was was Sturm a member of the DEA? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, Tala. Yeah. Fucking good listening, Tala. No, I thought so. I just didn't. I didn't yeah. want. Uh, yeah, did, yeah. Do we know that? Vicky about three times, but uh, do no, we know that? See, that's a good question. Do Do you know? Have you told your friends that that's what you did? So, I think Sturm feels a deep and abiding sense of shame about what he's done in the past. So, I, it depends how long we've worked together. I think it would take a considerable bond for him to confide in you about that. Okay, that's fine. Um, you don't have to, we don't have to know. Um, I think, I think you might have some suspicions based on his his kind of 
you know, uh, certainly JB noticed that he kind of he's clammed up a multiple opportunity uh, uh, multiple times. So, yeah, I think you you can suspect for sure. Yeah, I'm fresh out of school, so I probably haven't worked with you that much. Um, yeah, l let's break some fucking necks, shall we, Stem? And always tickled when an academic swears, Sturm goes, absolutely, gentlemen. <laughs> after uh, after you, or rather, after you can't you, see no, me. After me, say it. <laughs> so after uh, you. <laughs> you know what, it's, I'm invisible. Let's just, uh, just walk towards that big door. I'll be in front of you. Okay. All right, lovely let's stuff. Uh, are you trying to go subtly, or are you striding in? Right. Now, listen, there's three, there's three folks up on that. Can, can I like, can we like poke through the doorway without uh, them noticing or shall I describe it before we head in? Uh, you can probably peer in. If you left the door open, you can definitely see in. Yeah. All right. There's three, there's three folks up on that, on that higher area that are, let's just say I have, I have history with them. Um, but I think, I'll, I think we'd all agree our priority is rescuing that poor creature. Of course. Over there. We've got to so, eliminate the threat first and then tame yeah. the beast. You're, you're the brainiac, so what, what do we do? How do we approach this? Well, Sturm, you're the warrior. Who? Let's, let's just say one of these people was to totally lose their mind. Who would be the most valuable person to drive mad? Oh, <laughs> he gets very excited. <laughs> now then, now, we've got Bert. You know, I'll come to Bert last. We've got Cab Cabajon. Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Cabajon. Oh, Cabajon. What's what's her deal, Vicky? Uh, so she is a dwarven druid, and she has absolutely no time for nature that doesn't serve a prophet. So she struts around in a suit. Um, she's probably the right. one that uh, summoned this Galabder. If you're up to date with that, yeah. um, okay. and uh, she basically uses her magic to turn a prophet. She sells the flowers she druid crafts. You know. Okay, so that. we've got powerful druid. So we've got all right. We've got Cabajon, powerful druid. She's the one. She's the one. What made that stone creature before you were having a chat with? Next up, we got Ruby, and uh, we get a brief fade to his memory of Ruby, which is. Uh, so Ruby is a hobgoblin, uh, so about human size, but maybe a bit broader shouldered, um, sort of goblinoid um, kind of features, uh, maybe like a, a bright reddish or greenish mottled skin. Um, and uh, she's an arcanist, um, so she casts a lot of spells um, and she loves to compile tales that uh, really exaggerate kind of how destructive dragons are uh, so right. actually Hieronymus you've probably uh, come across her works in direct contrast to your own um, she hates dragons okay yeah so she hates dragons and she uh, she likes to stoke fear around them basically so the DEA gets more money um, right propaganda she can be pretty dangerous um, but you would know uh, you it, the, the flashback you're having is probably uh, of her um, rising into battle uh, rising from the floor and being able to fly around uh, and shooting lightning from her hands right um, right so we've got we've got a magical druid we've got a horrible propaganda woman who hobgoblin who can fly and cast lightning and then finally we've got Bert and tell you what leave Bert to me so I said, out of those two, you've got Druid or Flying Lightning. 
and I'll, I'll leave it up to you which one you would rather send insane. Although, I will say, I have a, have a particular distaste for Ruby and the way that she operates. But don't let out. You know what? Go follow your bliss. So Ruby's the... The alchemist. Propagandist. Okay, well... If this works, and I hope it will, Ruby is going to try to kill anybody I tell her to. If this works, is everyone on board before I try to do this? Sure. Should, should I just focus on f- freeing the dragon then? Maybe they'll St- help us out. Sturm, Sturm looks up at Bert, who he has such history with, and he bites his lip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go up there and talk to him, but I don't want to stop you doing what you're doing. So yes, ah, uh, for what it's worth, you have my blessing. <sighs> but yeah, like the doctor said, what about this dragon? Hieronymus, if we cause enough carnage, Sturm on the front lines, myself and the shadows, you are going to try and help the dragon, did you say? Well, I'll tell you what, if there are any pieces for me to pick up, I'll do that. Otherwise, if you guys got it handled, I'll get this dragon loose. Now, one one thing I will say, I can speak with dragons, but I have to be touching them. Oh, um, so, I'm fluent in Draconic myself. I yeah, was, I was does that mean I can speak to Draconic? Yeah, uh, hello, oh, Stam. Diamond uh, Trick, dog, you got it covered. <laughs> uh, I don't know what society you think you've joined, but uh, we can all speak to dragons, mate. Right, it's, it's just it took me quite a long time to get to this stage, but I'm, I'm glad that you two have such, uh, such It's all good, mate. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you can. You, 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 you've joined the right path. Yeah, I was, I was quite proud of that ability, but I, I guess it's uh, nothing special, but that's okay. Hey, everyone moves at their own pace. Yeah. That's right. Speaking of, should we go and, uh, how did you put it so eloquently before? Fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's show these sons of bitches how we do it downtown. <laughs> All right, I love this. So you can see the the three members of the DEA are stood uh, with their backs to you. They are watching this dragon, um, and uh, you can see there are about maybe ten or so uh, miners around this dragon, also trying to haul chains, trying desperately to hammer them to stakes in the ground. Um, and there's a few more, about five more miners gathered around its tail, picking off these uh, these sapphires. As you look, you can tell that the entirety of this dragon's body is made of sapphire. This gems. Uh, stone that Whoa. makes it almost translucent and it glimmers in the light stone. Uh, it's a so very it definitely is a thing. gem dragon. Yes. Okay. It's possibly the first one that's been seen by members of Forge for centuries. Okay. Um, Dr. H jizzes a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Please roll a constitution check. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's Hello. definitely visible. Oh no. Okay. As you think, <laughs> that wasn't what that was for. Um, so as you peer over, uh, you see this absolutely gorgeous, uh, gorgeous dragon. Um, and you're you're all wow. relatively uh, experienced with dragons. And um, you would say that by the size, if this ages, at, if if gem dragons age at the same uh, rate as chromatic and metallic dragons, uh, this thing is probably only about a hundred years old. Um, it's still effing massive, uh, but it would be considered young. Um, so there you go. That's the extra info you get. What do you guys want to do? I guess, should we go, even though you're not fighting, uh, I'd like everyone to roll initiative because it seems you're acting separately. Okay, that's a 15 from me. Okay. Oh, sorry, that's an 18. 18, fantastic. All right, so we got an 18 for Jovial Bob. Dr. H is a natural one, and a 15 goes to Stern. Okay, fantastic. So, Jovial Bob, you see uh, this huge chamber, you see what's going on. Uh, what would you like to do? So, I'm going to cast um, the Haunted Mask, which is basically Crown of Madness, <laughs> on Ruby. Amazing. If possible. All right, tell me about Crown of Mask. Sorry, tell me about the Haunted Mask. So if this works, a <laughs> if this works like a something that looks like a rubber green Halloween goblin mask will form around Ruby's head and encase her skull in it, and for the duration of the spell, uh, she's considered charmed, and I can basically point her her wrath at whoever I want to. I can pick a target um, who she's going to make a melee attack against. Amazing. All right, fantastic. So that's a wisdom save, right? That's a wisdom save, yes. Fantastic. And you're aiming at Ruby <laughs> the Hobo Gobbo. Uh, uh, she gets a nine. Does that happen to save? Uh, that does not save, no. <laughs> yes. All right, fantastic. So you see this mask form around her face. Uh, she is charmed by you. Congratulations. Uh, this is... Uh, um, so yeah fantastic when it gets to her turn um, you get to tell her who to attack and uh, but for now uh, she just seems to seems to act normally apart from this strange sort of spectral mask it looks like face. a cheap rubber Halloween mask Amazing. <laughs> uh, maybe like, like the Michael Myers <laughs> uh, I love Captain it. Kirk mask <laughs> um, can I also use my bonus action of course I'm going to use uh, one of my Eldritch abilities um, to use uh, Why I'm Afraid of Bees, which is Cloak of Flies. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's just a Cloak of Bees, basically. Uh, so um, I'm now surrounded by a five-foot aura of flies to give me advantage in intimidation checks. So um, disadvantage on all of the charisma checks. And anyone who, anyone who steps into my um, uh, Cloak of Bees will take four poison damage from the bee stings. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. Wow. This is so good. Perfect. Oh, Tom, brilliant. Wow. Do you know what? I think you deserve an inspiration for this. I think I will <laughs> pass yeah. this to you. Oh, thanks, man. Through the camera, there you are, and through the internet, and it will have reached you soon, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and you get a d20 to roll whenever you wish, or you can pass it to someone else um, for this incredible use of um, a flavor. Uh, amazing. <laughs> so these uh, bees begin to sort of swirl around you. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, Sturm. Is there anything you would like to do? I would like to stealth up to the crowd of three of them. Fabulous. Oh, I mean, I need to speak to Bert. I don't know how, but I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. So I'm just going to get as close as I can to them. How far Fantastic. away are they? Uh, they're about 
well, they're at the other side of this quite large chamber, but I'll say you can, because we're not technically an initiative, you can make yeah. it over to them. Cool. Do you want me to roll stealth for it? Uh, yeah, go for it to see if you can dodge out the way of these uh, minus falling sapphires. Okay, that is a 16. 16? Fantastic. All right, let's take a look. Yep, fantastic. Um, nobody seems to notice you um, as you slink through the miners. Um, and you are pretty sure... Uh, God, that's worked so well. Uh, you are pretty sure that nobody knows you're there. As you take a moment to stand behind Bert and you try to assess what what you should say and what you should do, you sigh. And just that small gust of air, you realise too late as he rolls a natural 20 to try to perceive you. Wow. Turns round and he looks up. For a moment, you worry that your invisibility has gone until you realise, no, Bert just knows you like that. And he says... Right on time, Sturm. Just as Voltra said you would be. <gasps> We're splitting half the profit with her. I was hoping she'd be accurate, but you took your time. I don't want to fight you. But if I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you already. Just... Just look at that. And I point... I assume, so I assume I'm not invisible anymore, is that right? You are still invisible. <laughs> okay. Look at that creature, but you left me, and the only thing that saved me were these creatures that you hate, that you spread your lies about, the very lies I read when I was coming up, the reason I hate dragons all this time. That thing down there, as you would call it, things like that is what saved me. And you... Just, but just don't, don't make me. Sturm, 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 sturm. He takes a look over to the dragon and he says, this one's about to save me too. Do you know how much a sapphire's worth, Sturm? We haven't had them in Forge for so long. One of them, the smallest sapphire in that barrel, is going to be worth thousands of gold thousands you know all the reasons we joined the DEA anger poverty the simple need to be better or stronger than something or someone you felt it too (laughs) imagine how much better you'd feel with a barrel of sapphires with you I don't think you'll be coming back Sturm I understand what we did hurt you pisses me off to see you march around with those nerds like you're one of them, but I respect your decision. (laughs) But (laughs) I've got an offer for you. Is it the use of nerd? It's fantastic. Outstanding. (laughs) Very cool. I've got an offer for you. Look away. Just this one time. Just one dragon. Save your friends' lives. Take a barrel of sapphires each. Heck, if you want to stick around, I can introduce you to the foreman as a, an advisor on dragon kind. I take it you know a lot more about them now. Just this one, Sturm. It's the only thing that's suffering, and in turn, it gets us so much. Sturm leans in close, and he can smell the, like, 
the like fragrance of beer from when they used to go drinking together and just the sweat and the the fear maybe on on this on Bert and Sturm just looks him in the eye and says that's the problem with you Bert it's never just one And I probably it. probably has to go into initiative. Like he's not gonna like he's not gonna like stab, stab him or anything. Fantastic. Yeah, well. absolutely. That makes sense. All right. Uh yeah, in that case, as you are uh, as we've already had spells cast, we've got that uh I'll I'll say you guys have a surprise round. So Dr. Hieronymus, if there's anything you'd like to do as you sense uh initiative sparking, you see Bob casting beside you, is there anything you want to fit into your surprise round before we go into proper initiative? Uh, I might use my surprise round just to gain a bit of knowledge, if that's okay. Cool. Um, what is, um, what what, is a I, dragon? I have, I have two questions for you. Clear. What is a dragon? No, 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 no. I have two questions for you. Go ahead. Uh, could you please describe to me the restraints on the dragon? Um, and, and in terms of like, in the, uh, in the eye of like, what would it take to undo them? Sure. And secondly, what do I think a gem dragon most loves or most desires hmm. something that's not obviously not sapphire something that's quite uh, l- w- let's just say worth less than 100 gold pieces you know um, <laughs> what kind of thing would, they, what, would they most what kind of thing would really <laughs> kind of make them happy okay so first of all um the restraints on them are a series of uh, steel chains that kind of pin them to the ground. Um, most, about ten of them, seem to be being held by miners. Uh, ten of them. Yeah, and the rest okay. are hammered into these iron stakes that are in the ground. These steel stakes that are in the ground uh, that have been hammered. Okay, into the so rock. if I could, if I could get those, what is that? How many of those are, are hammered about in? About ten more. It takes a lot Fuck to hold me. down a dragon, even a young one. Is there like a specific weak point I can see? Something that I could significantly so no. or if I if I get the ten out of the ground, then the miners have no chance, yeah. basically, without the help of those. And vice versa, maybe? Um, maybe. You're not sure. It's hard to tell in six seconds as you try to assess sort of across the room. As okay. for what gem dragons desire most, go ahead and roll a history <laughs> check. Thank you, Vicky Hawley. You're welcome. Here I love uh, that's a 19 plus 10. How about that? <laughs> uh, speaking, you would know. I mean, I'm going to have to... Oh, give me one second. I'm going to have to open the fucking page and everything, aren't I? <laughs> Just have a stat block on my notes like an idiot in case you want to... Sorry. I'm so it. sorry. No, don't apologize. This is great. But I'm trying okay, to... Okay, I'm not sorry. Okay. Do your work, DM. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pay me, player. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, uh, sandwiches, please donate to our Ko-Fi. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash Vicky's World RPG so I can pay our amazing Dungeons Master, please. <laughs> Jesus. That's not a demand I'm making. Uh, not for this context, at least. Okay, well, thanks, T. That's kind. Um, I will say that a uh, sapphire dragons, they tend to... Uh, hoard uh, gold, jewels, art, magical artifacts, um, but mostly uh, they highly prize magical weapons and armor, as well as written accounts of military history and tactics in the, in the whole. Um, so they quite like war gear. Any uh, evidence of sort of historic war? Mm. So there we go. That's your info. Um, so as you think about these things. 
Dr. H, we're going to go to initiative. What about food-wise? Food-wise, food what wise? do they love to eat? Um, let's see. KFC. Um, yeah, they eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, oh, okay, there no, we they, go. They tend to eat, I mean, uh, they, they eat living things. Uh, so they tend to be, uh, with a 19 you know, historically, they tend to be quite warlike. They are quite strategic. They ambush their prey. Okay. All right. Okay. So Thank you. KFC, yes. Creatures from cave. But creatures nice. from cave. Anyway. Um, Kentucky Fried Kernels. We are going into initiative. Jovial Bob, what would you like to do? You have this uh, this thing mind controlled. Uh, you have Ruby mind controlled. You are also surrounded by oh, these buzzing bees. Yes. Uh, okay. Jovial Bob, what would you like to do? Um, so I've got to use my action to maintain the haunted mask around Ruby's face. Fantastic. Um, so that's basically what I'm going to do. I'm just going to try and move myself into. I'm going to keep keep like at least a ten foot distance from Veronimus so he doesn't get stung by the cloak of bees. Nice. Um, and I'm just going to try to find a relatively safe place to sort of take cover while I, I focus on keeping the haunted mask on Ruby. Fantastic. You can see there's maybe a a large pile of sort of um uh, sort of assembled mining equipment that you can kind of slink behind if you want to. Maybe be 10 20 feet into this chamber uh, so you can slink down and then peer out from the side and keep this mask on her very nicely done anything else and a just completely inconspicuous man covered in like a massive radius of bees <laughs> no one will stop me there are a couple of bees towards me like do you hear bees what bees 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 you dumb fuck no I don't hear fucking bees but what is that Oh, fuck this bees. Fuck. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, you are just surrounded by bees. I love it. Uh, Sturm, what would you like to do? Um, I look down. So are we, are me and uh, Bert in combat now, I assume? Uh, you are in melee range of him and he's not moved yet. Yeah, I can't. I gave him a chance. Um, I look at the, I look at the dragon being tortured by these by these greedy parasites and I just flare up into the biggest barbarian rage I've known and I think I think these days Sturm keeps his anger pretty bottled up like he's he's surly but he's not angry but I think when he lets it out it is fearsome and I think his like normally calm features contort although he's invisible so no one can see this but you know that his normally calm features contort and I don't know if his possessions are invisible as well yep everything uh, he's wearing and carrying is then he draws uh, a huge two-handed battle axe from, uh, from from on his back and he rages out and he lunges uh, are we are we on a high platform nope did i hear that right uh, no, there's sort of a there's a slight jut of rock that's maybe like a ten foot incline or something. It's not that bad, um, but they've right. just got not, sort of a, a viewing point. Not worth punting him off the edge then. You can punt style. him if you want, John. I know you love to punt people. You can absolutely <laughs> punt him off the edge. Do you know what? It's I thirty d- feet up. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm the king of all I survey. It's thirty feet up. That's that's very kind of you. I think I'm gonna. Ooh, computer's low on disk space. What Shit, son. The punter has become the punted. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I low on disk space? It makes no sense. Anyway, um, I am going to... I'm just going to clobber him with my axe. Fantastic. Go ahead and roll to hit. 
I assume you can't see this coming. No, I mean, you get advantage because you are attacking from invisibility. The second you start to attack, your invisibility wears off when you attack, but I'll say you can have advantage on your first hit. Lovely bit of business. That is a... Uh, that is a dirty 20 to hit with my great axe. Oh, yes, nice. that'll hit. Fantastic. And that is a... That is a 1d12 plus 3 damage. Oh, no, actually, it's more because I'm raging, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So plus plus an extra 2. Mm-hmm. And you have inspiration if you want. Okay, thank you. That is a 10 plus 3 plus 2. So that is a 15 Very, very damage. good. Very nice. You bring your battle axe swinging down, and Bob and Hieronymus, you see as uh, Hieronymus, you feel this uh, this invisibility snap off Sturm. Uh, you see who was previously quite a calm, reserved uh, friend of yours, um, just absolutely wrought with fury and every fiber of his being tensed as he uses it to harness this battle rage Uh, he swings his axe towards uh bert and it jams itself into his shoulder uh bert grits his teeth and says very well play on Um, now we're talking sturm do you want to make your second attack yes and i just shout at him and i just go "You, you smug arrogant parasite it's the best word he can think of and he rolls a that will be a 16 fantastic a 16 will miss unfortunately damn son Uh, just so you know um, if you'd said I'd rolled a 16 and I want to use my inspiration you could have fit it in there but that's fine Uh, I didn't know a 16 would miss so that's that that's totally a pretty high roll. Fine. Totally fine. No, just letting you know the order of things in case because no, we don't yeah, really play no. with an inspiration in the main campaign. But great. Okay, fantastic. So you try, uh, you bring it in once, you bring it slamming down, um, and you cut, you slice down into his shoulder, into his clavicle. Um, the second one, in a flash, he brings up his longsword to meet you, um, and your weapons lock. You see his eyes flash with excitement like they always do before a kill. Um, anything else you want to do with your turn? Uh, I just want to shout at him. I'm just going to yell an inchoate bellow of rage. Fantastic. Um, All right. And as I understand it, my rage continues unless I don't do any damage. Yes, unless you don't take any damage. Oh, if I take damage, it ends. No, no, no. If you don't take damage, it ends, I think. Oh, if I don't take damage. Oh, wonderful. That I makes believe much it. more sense. <laughs> so if, you ha- if you haven't attacked a hostile creature since your last turn or taken damage. Yes, okay. that's one. So I've attacked anyway, so it's okay. Yes, totally fine. Um, Lovely, thank so, you. No worries. Uh, all right, uh, Sturm, that is your turn. Next up, it's Bert. Uh, Bert is grinning, um, and you see he's also drawn his short sword. He's got this long sword on his back that he's blocked with, and then from behind his back, mm. he's drawn his short sword. You know this is coming, but he is going to make his attacks against you. His long sword swings in first. Oh, that's going to be an eight. He misses with the first one as you dart back. The second one, wow, I cannot roll above a four. That is going to be a seven. <laughs> um, and his short sword, ah, it's a ten. Great work. Uh, clearly this injury is is hampering Bert more than he thought with a two, a three, and a five that I rolled being a scary dungeon master who is putting your characters in some real peril. Um, <laughs> 
both of these long sword swings you deflect with your battle axe and you know usually the short sword's a surprise you can get it in there um but you know it's coming so you knock it away with the butt of your axe it's very clear that you two are very well matched and you know each other's moves very well um and i just i just scream at him it's like a kind of wild gibbon in the zoo with like like spittle hanging between fangs mm. and i just i just scream at him and say you're nothing you're <laughs> nothing he grins and he says you've always told yourself that haven't you uh next up it's gonna be it's gonna be ruby um, i know i am but what are you yeah <laughs> your rubber i'm glue or i'm glue in your rubber nice. Or the other way around. No, Damn this it. Is great. Do you know this what? Is great, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, next up is Ruby. <laughs> I don't think that I control Ruby. I think that Jovial Bob controls Ruby. Tom, what do you want her to do? Um, so, before Ruby moves, is there. Uh, yeah, so before before moving on each of its turns to make a melee attack, so is there anyone in melee range of Ruby? There's Bert. And uh, if she moves, she can not move out of his range and get, uh, get Cabochon as well. So basically before, yeah, the charm target must use his action before moving to make a melee attack, so I'm just going to send her straight at Bert. Fantastic. All right, so she turns, and uh, she's not really a melee kind of gal, but she is going to draw her quarterstaff. Actually, she's quite trained in it. Um, She's going to use two hands to try and bring it smashing down onto Bert's head. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Damn it! Uh, That is a 19, which does hit. Uh, So she does five points of bludgeoning damage. Um, Bert kind of calls out to her. He's like, hey, what are you doing, you idiot? Um, and uh, he's kind of unsettled by this strange mask. Looks back to you, Stern, like, what? Um, great. Uh, what happens Stern, next, Joe? screams back. <laughs> uh, and then does anything else happen? Um, um, uh, let's see. The charm target must use its action before moving on each of its turns to make a melee attack against a creature other than you. And then it can make it can repeat its wisdom saving throw at the end of each of its turns. Sab, all right. She will repeat her wisdom saving throw as she ends her turn. Ooh, okay. That's going to be an 18. Um, that'll break it. Yeah. Oof. All right. Well, at least I can roll well as Ruby. Great. <laughs> That's great. The fucking hobgoblin wizard's got it. Uh, all right. So she uh, she shakes her head, um, and you sense this uh, kind of intellect rising to meet yours um, as this mask. I think it just kind of flops away and sits on the floor like a Halloween mask. <laughs> uh, and I like that. Okay, fantastic. Um, but that's the end of her turn. Um, and she goes, "Ugh, I'm sorry. I don't." Oh, um, all right. Next up is Cavachon, the druid. Um, she is going to uh, look round and go, uh, guys. I don't know what is going on, but this is really bad for our branding. Um, and <laughs> she is going to uh, change her shape. Uh, you see her leap towards you, Sturman, as she leaps through the air. Uh, her kind of um, dwarven form twists into that of a large hulking wolf um, but still wearing a little tie and collar um, <laughs> of course love it and, wolf uh, of Wall Street she is going to exactly nice. that's nice. exactly nice. what it is uh, she is going to try to bite you my friend um, so she is going to see a kind of leap for your arm um, well they're all going off the stern because he's the only one they can see <laughs> yeah yeah, they're ignoring the big uh, pillar of bees in the corner for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so that's going to be n- nope. Um, the highest one is uh, uh, no, it's a thirteen. I presume that misses. That does miss. Uh, all right, fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, even though she, you sense that her allies being around her bolster her, um, she goes to bite you and you shove her out of the way. You know Cabochon. Um, she's more of a spellcaster than a melee fighter um, and uh, you easily knock her out of the way. Um, and I, I bark at her like a wild animal. She snarls. Um, next up is the dragon. This dragon is going to make a strength check to see with all the chaos whether it can escape. It cannot. You guys look back and you can see this dragon twisting and trying to force its way out of these chains. Um, two miners are knocked back. There's still eight holding it down and these uh, these stakes. Uh, finally, Dr. Hieronymus, what would you like to do? Can I get in front of the drag? How far away am I from the dragon's head? If you were moving towards it, you, you can get to about 30 feet of the dragon's head if you want, if you're sneaking around. So let me get in front of the dragon. I, I, okay. I want to get this dragon's attention. Okay. I've spent my life studying dragons, and although I've never, I've only met a handful of them, and I've certainly never met a gem dragon or a sapphire dragon. I, this of all times, this is the time for me to try and use my skills and my knowledge. So I'm, I'm going to get in front of the dragon. Great. Try my best. I'm going to wave my hands, try and get its attention, and while waving my hands. I'm going to very obviously cast a spell so that it knows that it's me casting the spell. Yeah, lovely. Okay, and let me ask you, these miners holding the chains, mm. are they bunched up together in a group? Or are they spread out? How, uh, how, they're more or less they in a line along her body. Uh, she's about 10, what, 15 feet long. One side of her body? Just the one. She's about how long? 10 feet, 15 feet. So about, let's say 15 feet, they're aligned along her. Okay. So I'm going to cast a uh, second level uh, Cloud of Daggers. Oh, all right. Tell me about Cloud of all Daggers. Right. I'm, I'm going to pick, like, in the middle of the miners. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to cast it. And I'm, I'm waving my arms and being like, I'm, I'm saying out loud, Cloud of... I'm in Draconic. <laughs> I'm casting a spell. Look at me. I'm... I'm, I'm yeah, helping you, my dear dragon. Aww. I'm helping you. And I'm going to cast a cloud of daggers. You fill the air with spinning daggers in a cube five feet on each side. So I'm guessing that's a 10 foot width altogether, mm, right? That's five foot by five foot. Five feet on each side. Yeah. Of centered on a point you choose. So is that not yeah. 10 foot width or is that just a five no, foot width? No, it's five foot by five foot. Okay. Um, And uh, a creature takes 4d4 slashing damage when it enters the spell's area or for the the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. Fabulous. All right, so I'll say you could probably get three of them with this. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, And my aim is, you know, I want to make them not want to stand there any longer. Amazing. Um, And I'm going to cast Cloud of Daggers in the centre of the miner's... uh, you know, line of miners. Fabulous. So what and, do they have to do? Um, do they have to do a saving throw? Do they have to... They don't got to do nothing, mate. They are just in a cloud of daggers. Great. All right. I don't even case... have to roll a dice, to be honest. You do. You have to baby. roll your 44 slashing damage, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, no. On the beginning of their turn. 
yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, so I'll cast that spell. Fabulous. All right. This. Uh, do your daggers take on any particular shape? Are they particularly remarkable? I'd say they look. They don't even have they to be daggers. Are, they're they're gonna to look be. like uh, they're gonna look like a bunch of dragons, little mini dragons. Oh, <laughs> I a love cloud, it. <laughs> like a sparkly blue cloud with little glinty little uh, sparkles within it, and um, there's just like very sharp like uh, dragons with like a uh, swordfish's uh, nose, like <laughs> just flying around and they're just stabbing downwards. I love very it. Very violently. <laughs> Stabbing downwards. So what are they doing? In this in this line of Perfect. miners. Um, All right, fantastic. Uh, so you hear cries and shouts as these miners kind of try to scramble up and uh, back up away from you. Um, fabulous. Okay, so uh, next uh, next time we're at the top of initiative. Unless you'd like to do anything else, Anonymous. I unless I have a bone. I don't. You do have a bone think... session. Uh, yeah, I have a bonus there. action, but I don't think there's much I can do. Um, no, uh, for my bonus action, I'll just remind Sturm that he has bardic inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he's forgotten. It's all good. Yeah, and, and I'm just, I'm just there. Uh, making sure the dragon knows I'm, I'm doing my best to let them know I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm speaking in draconic. Um, I'm helping you out. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of these fools. Great. And uh, you're gonna be free. You will see your liberate. You will see your liberation <laughs> in in the next few minutes, my dear friend. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, top of the initiative order, Jovial Bob. Your bee cyclone um, <laughs> continues to rage. What would you like to do? Okay, so of the three main combatants who are sort of locked around Sturm, who mm. seems the least physically hardy? Actually, in terms of strength, it's probably Cabochon before. They were the wolf, but now they're the wolf. Uh, yeah. It's it's Ruby. Okay, so, and also just as, as a rough rules question, if I wanted to give my inspiration to someone else, would I need to do them my turn, or could I do it during their role? No, you can do it whenever you like. Sweet. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast, say, Freeze and Die, which is Frostbite. <laughs> I'm going to target that at Ruby. Uh, fantastic. So Ruby needs to make a con save first. All right, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that is a natural one. Oh, forever. <laughs> um, so uh, Ruby takes six cold damage and has disadvantage on their next weapon attack um, before the end of the next turn. Oh, nasty. Uh, you see Ruby's kind of, uh, her blood is chilled and her skin breaks out in goosebumps and she's just, oh, she's very, very cold indeed. Sorry, that's the only reference. I don't, I'm sorry. That's the only Okay. Um, <laughs> she's very, very cold indeed. Um, and uh, she, looks, she looks around and she's like, hey, Hey, you keep doing this shit to me. What? <laughs> oh, I guess it's probably the big fucking column. All right, buddy. I see you there with your fucking column of bees. Very good. I can't do that voice. That's a mistake. Um, it's, it's cool. Um, uh, Bob yells out, it's just spooky fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right. Next up, Sturm, what would you like to do? So I'm currently, I'm currently in locked in combat with... Uh, with Bert mm, and, and with Cabochon yeah I just I can't see any way out of this I just I'm in, I'm in a barbarian rage I don't think I can see I think I've just got the red mist has descended fantastic I think I'm just gonna 
sweep in and attack with my big axe. Great, I love uh, it. Go ahead and roll your hits. With, with my great axe uh, to gonna attack Bert Lockley. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, so if I use my inspiration, what does it do? Hello. Uh, you get to add a D8, and depending what you're using it for, you also get an extra little, an extra okay. little uh, bit of flavour on top of it. So tell me what you're using it now for then, if you use it. Well, I rolled a three here, so my D8 is not going to help. So I'm gonna just cat. I'm gonna not going to use it this time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give that one up. So I, that is a swing and a miss. That is a, a nine to attack. Nope. Oh man, man alive! That is a thirteen. Thirteen. He's a swing and a miss again. Use it. Uh, use, use it anyway. Should Should I use it? I'd, I'd have to get roll quite high. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Because you'll still get the extra thing if you miss or not. Okay, so that's currently a thirteen, and I need to beat a sixteen at least. That is a six. Yes. So that has gone up to a nineteen. All right. Uh, nice. That will hit. Yes! I, I look over briefly out of my barbarian rage and I see Dr. Hieronymus trying to talk to the dragon. I see those lovely little dragon daggers flying around and I am I'm inspired to rescue this noble creature and I swing with renewed confidence and accuracy. Great. All um, is cool. Hieronymus, I have to make a con save, don't I? Yes, so uh, because you use that was an attack roll, right, John? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you use it as an attack roll, the target and each creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of it. So I think that might be two people. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's Ruby and uh, and Cabochon. Yeah, must succeed on a con saving throw, a Constitution nice. saving throw of a DC 12, okay. or. They'll take thunder damage equal to the number rolled on the Bardic yeah. Inspiration die. So that's, that's six thunder sick. damage. So a big boom comes out of your axe, like kaboom, when you hit. <laughs> like, oh, that's what my fucking facts do. Kaboom! <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe convenient. Knowledge is power! Uh, Ruby succeeds with a 15 on her con save. Uh, Kavashon, um... Cavachon gets a 17. Mm. But Bert Damn. rolls an 8. Mm. Bert's going to get fucked, mate. <laughs> do, <laughs> do, does the freezing have any effect on con rolls? I assume it doesn't. I don't think so. No, freezing okay. is just the next attack gets disadvantage. Next melee okay. attack. Mm. Okay, uh, so I'm going so roll roll to roll to a great axe attack. <laughs> That is 10 damage uh, plus whatever else happens. Yeah, Fabulous, plus your six. six thunder damage right. for Bert. It's a loud attack. It is. It echoes through the cavern um, as your axe makes contact, maybe with Bert's other shoulder. He grits his teeth, yeah. but you can tell this hurts as it echoes through his body. Um, and he looks up at you and he just goes, Why? And... Um, is there anything else you want to do with your turn? I mean, I literally—I think I literally just gesture with the butt of my axe to the dragon down there. All right. That's all I can do. Nice. All I can you do to why, get through uh... to this this horror. All right. Uh... Also, Tom, Tom, I just looked up. I can't believe I didn't—I didn't know this, but Let's Get Invisible isn't is an actual Goosebumps book. That is outstanding. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> 
Oh yeah. I've got all the other references as far as I'm aware, but goosebumps. Wasn't that RF uh, Stein? Or R. Oh L. wow, tell us, tell us way back. <laughs> I'm so far behind. <laughs> R.L. Stein, I believe. R.L. Stein, yeah. Robert Lawrence Stein, a.k.a. Jackie Bob. We'll explain everything later. We'll catch you up. So, oh, wow. Sorry, T. I thought you got it. It feels like bullying now. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's all right. Don't worry. I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking moron. Don't worry about it. No, you're not. It's been a beautiful drip, drip, drip of subtlety. Yeah, it's all the more enriching. This short sword misses, but these two long sword attacks, you get for a, a 14 miss and a 21 hit that is going to be eight points of slashing damage as he slices towards you so uh resist i have resistance to bludgeoning bludgeoning piercing and slashing while enraged you do so that is four points of slashing damage to you lovely fantastic all right so he slices through you um but it doesn't make that much of an impact and you can see bird is now starting to panic and he's 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 uh um he's looking at you and he's looking at the dragon and he's looking at you and he's beginning to kind of bead with sweat above his kind of beautifully coiffed curls they're sort of starting to go a little out of it and he looks at you and and he says you you don't really want to kill me though do you we're old friends and i shout in his face like right in his face spittle like flecking into him i go how does it feel how does it feel to know there's nothing between us Wow. He looks at you maybe sincerely for the first time in his entire life and he just goes Bad. Very well. Let's take this to the end. Uh next up oh, Ruby's God. guy. <laughs> That's uh, awful. Ruby's gonna <laughs> uh, she has disadvantage um on her next melee attack but she's not going to go for a melee attack excitingly she extends a hand and she is going to point towards you jovial bob um and she is going to cast well make a dexterity saving throw oh yeah baby (laughs) that is a 15 15. i take a short rest and give jovial bob bardic inspiration (laughs) <laughs> not something you can do nice try you managed to save as this fireball comes hurtling towards you so you're only going to take half of the 8d6 fire damage yeah this is why tom's been shutting down the spellcaster because he's smart as hell um all right so that's gonna be so that's going to be that's going to be 16 points of fire damage to you my friend alright uh, could be much worse um, says, say cheese and fry am I right this kind of eruption of fire um, smashes into you uh, but you brush yourself off you're fine that's very that's very bad <laughs> I'm not great <laughs> <laughs> um are you within five feet of uh, an ally of hers? No, so that's fine. Um, in that case, next up, it is going to be uh, Cabochon's turn. Uh, there, she's, she's decided she's a wolf now. It may not be the smartest thing, um, but she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna try and land literally any hits on a barbarian, which is historically my. <laughs> 
my uh, the thing that scuppers me most. Um, so she is going to do do do. Um, does a thirteen hit you, Sturm? It does not. And does a sixteen hit you? It does. All right, fantastic. In that case, you are going to take. Let me just wait for it to load. Uh, you're going to take 10 points of piercing damage reduced to 5 and please make me a strength saving throw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 damage Um, so for strength saving throws I have advantage you do on this because that is a she also had advantage that wasn't two attacks Uh, sure sure that is a 24 that will save. You can feel this direwolf collide with you as if she's trying to pull you prone, um, but you shove her off and resist. Um, very, very nicely done. Uh, all right, next up, it is the miners' turns. Um, Hieronymus, Ooh, would they you... have to uh, roll... Um, would you like uh, begin- to roll uh, the damage? They, the ones that begin in the cloud, so okay. the, the ones in the middle, did mm-hmm. you say that was like three of them or something? Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm going to roll a d4 damage. Fantastic. On them, let me just double check that. Uh, cloud of daggers. You get to roll four d four, I think. Four d four. Oh, jeezy, crazy. <laughs> so it's a pretty high level spell. Three, four. I do happen to have exactly four d fours. So here we go. Brilliant. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine damage to anyone who's in my cloud of dagger dragons fantastic uh you hear screaming as these uh miners let go of their chains and cover their heads uh these dragons swoop in and slash at them like blades um and as uh as you watch by the end of your turn you said nine points of damage yeah yeah none of these dudes are still standing no that's not exactly what i wanted but i'll settle for it <laughs> uh they have they have all dropped their chains pink 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 these three chains thrash off the dragon uh and the dragon is now going to make another strength check i'm Ooh. guessing they're all forge and they're all dwarves from forge yeah okay I, i'm definitely <laughs> a little bit perturbed by the loss of my fellow forgians that's but... fair well they're now all uh, the ghost ghosts next door am i right <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll push on. Oh, uh, um, this this dragon seems exhausted, and given the uh, the injuries to it, it it just kind of breathes slowly. You see these beautiful sapphire eyes focus on you, um, and uh, it, it just takes a moment to breathe. It tries to struggle, uh, but it can't. Uh, Doctor H, it's your go. What would you like to do? It's it's really weak, is it? Um, yeah, it. It failed its strength check, so it still held on. Does it look damaged? Uh, it's pretty damaged. They're, they've been hacking out bits of its tail. <sighs> I'll cast the first level cure wounds on the dragon. Oh, lovely. Okay, how much are you going to heal it for? Let's find out. Uh, 1d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. Here we go. That- Oh, I only rolled a one. <laughs> That's Ooh. all right. Uh, plus my spellcasting. So what's your charisma uh, modifier? Uh, uh, wait, S- spellcasting modifier was plus one. Oh, there we go. So that's two, two. Well, it knows I healed it. I wave my arms very obviously, and I go, "Here's two health points for you, my friend." 
very good. Don't worry, you're in safe hands. And I heal up the dragon a little bit. It's the thought that counts, eh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. You hear, and as you as you step forward, you're you're kind of cautious. You can see the size of this. Yeah. yeah, you can see the size of this dragon's jaws. It could easily snap you up. But you gently place your glowing hands on its snout, uh, and you see a couple of the cracks that kind of spiderweb across its body just heal slightly. And you hear in your head a telepathic voice going, Thank you. Oh, uh, well, it's quite all right. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly on your side, if you can't tell already, and uh, we're going to make sure you get out of here fine. Don't you worry about all these horrible people. Um, uh, they don't know what they do, um, but we do, and we're here to save you, my friend. Lovely. All right, Jovial Bob, what would you like to do, my friend? So... I might want to do a cone-based thing. Is there a way I can get Ruby and the wolf but leave Sturm and Brett? Uh, and Brett and Bert. Um, no, they're on either side of these people, I'm afraid. Okay. So you've got Sturm and Bert facing off against each other. To Sturm's left, there is this wolf, and to Sturm's right, kind of diagonally, next to Bert, there is Ruby. What if the cone begins at them? Like, is the cone there, begin at you? I'm able to move into position so I can just catch the two of them with the cone. You could cone them to catch Bert and Ruby, but you can't get uh, Ruby and um, Cabochon because they're on different sides of Sturm. Okay, in which case I'm going to do something else. Um, uh, I'm going <laughs> to try and cast um, Robert's Hideous Screaming. And, uh, I wow. need Ruby to make a wow. wisdom save. Alright, she's not the wisest. Oh, oh Ruby. Uh, she's just getting battered. This is like a, a full-on like magic battle. I love it. Uh, she does, unfortunately, roll an unnatural 20 for that. Ah, so damn. unlucky. Um, in which case, I'm just going to get back behind some kind of cover. Because I don't need to maintain line of sight for a spell, I'm just going to get behind some kind of cover to give me protection from anything that... Great. That comes my way. You dive, you dive behind cover, and your bees come with you, uh, and kind of just harm over you. It's kind of obvious where you are, but with the cover, it will still provide your AC bonuses and things like that. Uh, very nicely done. Uh, you see Ruby look around and go, "Hey, what? What's your problem, bee guy?" Uh, Stern, what would you like to do? <laughs> Sorry, that really got me. I'm really glad. <laughs> I mean, all I, all I can think of is just to repeat the phrase, say bees and die until I fall off my chair. Um, but in lieu of that, I'm going to, I think, just continue the rage. I think there's nothing else. There's nothing else to do. I think all of the year... I don't know how long it's been chronologically since uh, Sturm has left the DEA, but there's years of years worth of trauma built up in him and he's you just were in like, the DEA? <laughs> I genuinely wasn't sure when you started that sentence that you were joking. Um, he, he's just like hacking and he's just like swinging his axe and he's just and Bert happens to be the focus of all this rage so it's just gonna yeah. do a little attack. Oh, that is a 21 to That'll hit. hit. You promised to break That'll his neck. Fabulous. Fabulous stuff. That is a one plus five for, uh, for damage. Fabulous. All right. That'll hit. 
Uh, so six, yep. six damage. You cleave across his uh, his chest. Uh, you cut through his. Uh, he's wearing kind of this gleaming plate mail, but you you know the weaknesses. He's complained with you about them around the fire. Yeah. Um. And I just think I just yell. This is where your legends end, Bert. And that is a twenty-two. Twenty-two will hit. And that is much better. That is a nine plus five, 14. That means... Bert looks up at you as you take this swing towards him. And this one, you can tell, really knocks the almost everything he has out of him. He kind of stumbles. You notice even through the cloud of rage, there is blood drooling from his nose. He's coughing it up. Uh, he's clutching himself. He's bleeding. You know he's only on a couple of hit points. He's, he's barely still there. What would you like to do? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn? I mean, I've done my two attacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any bonus actions no, I could do no, at this don't. stage. So I think I will I will look down at him like breathing, like panting through my nose, just like staring down in wild rage at, at this former friend of mine who's on All death's right. door. Alright. With Bert's turn, he looks up at you. And you can see something you've never seen before is happening with Bert. He's crying. And he says, I I never thought you'd be the one to do this. Don't feel sorry for it when you remember it. Okay. He throws his long sword, ting, 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 clattering, oh, uh, clattering on. one way. And his short sword, ting, 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 clatters the other way. Jesus. Ruby looks over to him. What are you doing? They're, we can still take them. And Bert just shakes his head. Um, Cabochon also stops. The three of them kind of, or the two of them kind of look to their leader. And Bert goes, I think I have been so obsessed with being part of a story. I didn't stop to think whether I was villain or hero. <sighs> Your choice, Stan. But for what it's worth, I'm sorry. Uh, the miners turn, and they are going to strain against the dragon. <sighs> they manage to hold her down. Uh, you can hear behind you, well, behind but um, all three of you can still hear the straining um, of this dragon as it struggles against these heavy chains. Uh, Dr. H, you know that this thing has been smashed up and is continuing to be hurt. Um, It it sounds like our foes have all but given up. Do you want to do anything? Yeah. I do. I think I'm going to cast Catnap on Bert. <sighs> Tell me about Catnap. Um, no, actually. 
I'm going to cast Catnap on all three, Bert, Kabashan, and Ruby. They have to you be willing. A... None of them are willing, unfortunately. Oh, they have to be willing. Yeah. Uh, ignore me. I will... You, you see in Sturm's eyes that he he wants you to leave Bert for him. He has plans for Bert. Oh, you have plans for Bert. Okay. The others, do what you will. Okay. I'm gonna... Step to the side. I'm gonna use my action, my movement, to step sideways so that I'm facing... You said they were all along one side of the dragon. I'm facing all the miners left that are holding these chains. And I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. All right, tell me about Thunder Wave. A wave of thunderous force sweeps out from me. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you, and I'm going to make sure this doesn't hit the dragon, must make must make a constitution saving throw on so a failed you can go yeah. into the middle of them and you can get all the remaining miners if you want in this <clears throat> yes please fab all right i will roll for them tell you what uh, i'll do one roll for all of them as you like your spell save dc is higher than a seven isn't it yes it certainly is <laughs> all of them fail okay so they take two d8 thunder damage and are and are pushed 10 feet away so let's uh they're pushed 10 feet away so they're all letting go of the chain absolutely they are um where's my fuck my d8s here we go here we go i found my d8s good 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 uh three and a seven ten d8 damage thunder damage 10 points of thunder damage 10 push 10 feet away you fling and the limp corpses of the seven remaining miners across the cave. And it emits a thunderous boom audible from ten, from 300 feet. As the cavern is filled with this rumble of thunder, you find that it's not just your magic that is making this thunderous sound. This dragon has opened its mouth. As you turn back, you look, and there is a triumphant, thunderous roar coming from its mouth. As the chains that were holding its mouth shut uh, have been released, um, it is going to make a strength check to see if it can break out now. You see that the chains on this sapphire dragon's wings are pushed off, are snapped in two. Nice. And its wings begin to flap. It pulls itself up into the air for a brief moment. Each of the iron stakes holding these remaining chains into the ground is pulled free. Um, And for a moment, it hovers there and then it clings to the side of the wall. It looks over you all and for a moment it watches the fleeing miners Everyone, pretty much, who is still alive and is a member of the mining company has, well, the guild, uh, has flung their pickaxes and is sprinting. Uh, They turn to see one of the miners who's just a little too slow, stuffing the pockets of his overalls with sapphires. Run, you fool! Run! It reaches down and... The jaws of this dragon close Uh. around this miner um, and uh, she chomps him down. Uh, with that, we're up to the top again. There is a dragon loose, Jovial Bob. What do you want to do? Um, okay, so what's the situation around 
uh, Sturm at the moment with Ruby and the wolf? Uh, around Sturm, uh, they are both just sort of standing there, one more or less each side of Stern, uh, looking at Bert, seeing kind of in uh, in in disbelief. Um, so they don't um, they don't seem to be like looking like they're going to be aggressive or attack. They kind of stood down from violence at this point. Yeah, they seem to be. Okay, so um, uh, JB is going to walk over to where the dragon is. <sighs> okay. You step forward, this tiny, diminutive, 70-something-year-old man against this colossal sapphire dragon still chomping on the remains... Careful, JB. ...of a minor. Um, uh, I, I've built a rapport with this beast, but... Uh, go uh, on, JB, what do you want to do? Um, do I have time to uh, basically request the book, um, Hieronymus's copy of The Dragon and the Apple? Yeah, you can reach out and, and ask him for it as you pass him, yeah. Presuming you're okay to give that to him, Hieronymus? Uh, well, of course. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you're sure. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to disperse the um, the cloak of bees. Um, and <laughs> they go off back the book, to their cave hives. Holding the book and trying to channel all the power of my otherworldly patron, Skull Hash Teak, the goose that bumps. I'm going to use <laughs> Awakened Mind. Um... I'm going to use Awakened Mind to try and communicate with the dragon. <laughs> with a spectral eldritch honking, you harness the power of your patron. It is... Uh, it is um, you, you, you extend your awareness towards this creature um, and um, you feel like you connect with it. And I'd, I'd just like to hold out the book and say, have a read of this. <laughs> Would you like to make a persuasion check, Jamie or Bob? Yes, I would. <laughs> and allow me... Can I help? No. Ooh, that's only a ten. <sighs> Ooh, okay. Oh, uh, I'm going to use my inspiration. Yes! yes. Right, go for it. <laughs> Come on, Jovial Bob. That is a... Twenty-two. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh. <laughs> there it is. All right. Where did you get that inspiration from? I gave it to him for uh, the haunted mask and all the silly, oh, silly cool. book titles oh, okay. as uh, as spells. Um, you see the dragon. Look over to you curiously. It tilts ahead, and then slowly it scrambles down the wall. It kind of approaches you, this colossal head nosing forward, um, and you feel this this huff of breath, and then you hear this chiming voice in your head going, "What is that?" Um, and at this point, I'm just going to use my movement to um, step back. Uh, so now Hieronymus is sort of in between me and the dragon. Very nice. You can see the dragon reaches out. A actually it doesn't reach out. Um, slowly there is this sparkling sapphire energy um, that swirls around this book and it begins to levitate in front of the dragon's face and then gently it opens and very quickly this dragon flicks through the pages and then there is a rumble of satisfaction and the book slams closed and the dragon very carefully takes it with a claw and says, 
I liked that. Thank you. I've never liked reading before. It's it's my oh, favourite I've written book. literally hundreds more. <laughs> Great. But he doesn't say that. It's just me ragging on. <laughs> no, it's true, though. Uh, fabulous. As you and this dragon hold this kind of e- uneasy truce, I mean, I think with the miners fleeing, Ruby and Cabochon are going to... Uh, honestly, if no one's going to stop them, they will also turn and run. That like, but it's not worth dying over. You know how things are in the DEA. They are also sprinting towards the um, the exit. Stem, it's you and Bert here at the end of all things. What would you like to do? I I look down into my into my friend's eyes and I see the tears. I see the blood dripping from his nose. Um, and I look over at the dragon and I've seen this moment of peace and serenity and communication and I look at my friends and see how they behave, my new friends, and I look at my old friend and I see how he has behaved. Uh, and the rage slowly subsides and I I with with anger but controlled anger, I just pick him up by the scruff of the neck and I drag him down towards the dragon. Um and I lay him at the feet of the dragon and I ask I look over at JB, who is clearly in communication with the dragon, and I say, please ask if I may touch it. It is the only way I know how to speak to it. We'll slide out of initiative for now. Uh, JB, are you happy to ask? Um, Actually, um, JB sort of goes over to Hieronymus and sort of puts a hand on his back and just gives him like a very gentle nudge forwards um, towards the dragon. I say... uh... Sturm has studied the language, has he not? Ask yourself, Sturm. You're one of us now. I need I need to touch the dragon to speak to it, and I would never touch a dragon. Oh, okay. okay. Unless it was comfortable. Um, Are you right, saying in this case. in common? Yeah. The dragon looks to you and replies in common, and says, "That's fine." <gasps> oh. I, I I kneel down, not not really able to look at it fully, uh, and I I kind of roll, but in front of the dragon, and I say, "This man is responsible for what has happened to you, hmm. and this man was my friend, and I used to behave like this man." behaved, this dwarf I should say, behaved. And it was one of you who saved me when I was dying. And so I now leave this dwarf's fate in your care. If you wish him to die, so be it. If you will show him mercy, so be it. I do not know if he deserves it, but I know that I cared about him once. But the things he has done to beautiful creatures is is not something I would find easy to forgive. I leave the choice with you. Huh. 
You see the dragon nod slowly. It seems to understand the weight of what's going on here. You reflect what you know of dragons, even a young one can already have lived centuries. This dragon looks at Bert, who is cowering, almost catatonic on the floor. Looks at you, Sturm, and your honest um, testimony. Looks to Jovial Bob and your kind offers. And then its head turns to Hieronymus. And the dragon asks you, What do you think I should do? I shoot a crossbow bolt into Bert's head. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> do, you, do you actually do that, or is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll oh, do it. Damn, all right. Fantastic. Go ahead and roll to hit. Um, that's a 15, a measly 15. 15, all right. A 15 will miss, I'm afraid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. He fucking tried to kill a dragon. <laughs> Fuck this guy. You make a good point. Hmm. But That's if... what I think. Thank you for your counsel. And yours. He nods to JB. And yours. He nods to Stem. Um, or she nods to Stem. She gets down very, very close to Bert. And you can see after a moment she kind of draws back. She says, I understand your anger. I feel it too. But I have a new way of life now. I cannot climb back to my egg and unknow you, nor unknow where you come from, nor forget this grievous injury done to me but you have shown me not all creatures like you are evil and cruel and greedy and I think if this is the world I must live in I want more creatures like you here and you see three barrels of these sapphires float over one is set in front of each of you she says the rest are mine but those are yours your society has done me well this day take him as your newest member teach him what you have learned yes and if next you see me you will have a friend of sorts you have given me my liberty so that is what I give to him. But do not think me so easy twice. She nods slowly and then turns and with a whip of her tail <laughs> disappears into the solid rock. I knew. I knew my time of learning wasn't done. And this has just proved that point. Sorry, Bert. Um. <laughs> It's all right. I think I owe you an apology as well. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, 
You each have a large barrel of sapphires in front of you. You seem to have convinced your old friend that uh, defending dragons is the way to go, or at least not horribly torturing them for profit is the way to go. All that remains for me to ask of you lovely adventurers is, what do you spend your sapphires on? Uh, you get safely back to, to Forge. Uh, Stonely, make sure that you make it all safely back over the Starfall Canyon. Um, Voltra is quickly deposed as the head of the Royal Draconic Society uh, and imprisoned along with the rest of the uh, Guild of the Tumbled Stone. Uh, is that the... the lady we met with at yeah. the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your guild mistress. Um, and the guild looks for a new leader. Um you also know that you have, let's say, about mm, half a million gold's worth of sapphires in there each. So if you want to refound a guild hall or buy yourself a business, then you are more than welcome to. So let's go. Uh, let's go in the same uh, same order that you arrived in. Jova Bob, what would you like to do with your fortune made, with a dragon befriended, um, and with uh, with a couple more fans of your books made? What would you like to do? Um, so what Jovabob would like to do um, uh, with Hieronymus's help if possible uh, is work on translating his entire library of books into Draconic and then finding a way to sell them to dragons so dragons can read his stories as well oh, I love it uh, That's of, course. Uh, of course you can have my help mate Bob uh, founds the first great Draconic library of Forge uh, which is a lending library of course it's, I'm imagining like a large wagon that travels around tunnels and occasionally dragons will pop out and be like oh do you have the new uh, do you have the new book in and you'll be it's like it's all Jovial Bob books <laughs> it's just pure nothing else just wall to wall Jovial Bob stories I love it. Well, he's got more than enough to fill a wagon, yeah. so fantastic. He heads around <laughs> selling them. And, you know, dragons are pretty pretty well-heeled, so they will happily give you, uh, pay you very well for this. So it is a lucrative enterprise indeed. Very nice. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do, JB? Um, nope. Uh, other than that, JB goes back to doing what he knows best, uh, writing spooky stories. <laughs> fantastic. Uh Hey, uh, Hieronymus, uh, Dr. Hieronymus Whiskbatten, uh, what yeah. would you like to do with your barrel of sapphires? Okay, I'd uh, firstly like to invest in a few, like, um, you know, there's like trolleys that you push around the library that you put books in so yeah. that you push them around and then put them back on shelves. So I'm going to buy like 20 of those for the library, for the Draconic Society, and also like a few more tables and desks so that people don't have to put books on the fucking floor. (laughs) (laughs) Disrespectful. Um, And uh, so uh, I'm going to invest in that. I'll also put a couple of... uh, I'm assuming our society has a little tower in our building. I'm going to put a couple of dragon landing pads to... And although they might not be... um, used straight away they're there to show a gesture of kind of welcoming and to encourage dragons to come and just like you know interact with us and talk to us a little bit um love it and i'm gonna send some like i'm gonna pay some like-minded people uh some maybe i will go on to have some students of my own i'll send them out to go and interact with dragons go out and do a kind of a amnesty mission and go and talk to dragons and 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 begin 
a, a diplomatic relationship with some dragons. And then the rest of my money I'm going to put into perhaps becoming the next... Um, what was her position? Um, guild, guild mistress, guild master. Yeah, I'm going to become the next... I want to I wanna apply... Uh, I'm going to put the rest of my money towards the campaign to become the next guild master of the draconic society. I mean, the royal it sounds like... Society. It sounds like with the amount of money you've already invested and the number of students that you begin to gather, um, you win the vote unanimously, I reckon. Oh, damn right. Um, and you stand very as cool. Guildmaster as long as you wish to hold the position. You are very popular. Oh. Well, I, I initiate... Uh, my first ruling is that there's only a maximum of four years uh, per term. <laughs> you can stand for re-election, but there is no like indefinite kind of rule going on. I love that. There is a four-year term, and you can stand for re-election if you like. But okay. it's very uh, the the main uh, um, ambition is that more people are passionate and into this project uh, that they would stand for it after I would run my term, and that would make me all the more proud for it. Fabulous! I love mm -hmm. it. Uh, all right, and finally, Sturm, what would you like to do with your barrel of sapphires and your friend Bert Lockley? Sturm feels very conflicted about selling a kind of dragon product or making money from it. So he sits for a long time with this barrel of incredibly valuable dragon scales, sapphires, in his, like, absolutely tiny bedsit, <laughs> um, with Bert kind of recovering from his injuries. Like, he Bert takes the bed and Sturm kind of, like, sleeps on the floor, has, a, like, a little roll mattress or I don't, I don't know some kind of temporary arrangement as he slowly nurses back Bert back to health and Sturm continues with his life for quite a while not knowing what to do but every night just before bed he gets out his copy of the barbarian that likes to hit people and he reads just a couple of pages by candlelight while Bert's recovering and then one oh, day, you... Bert looks over, kind of half asleep, and is like, what What are you reading? And Sturm just kind of covers it up and doesn't say anything. And then a few days later, Bert, who's kind of slowly recovering, goes, go on, what is it? And uh, after a few, a few weeks, Sturm finally, begrudgingly, hands over the copy. And Bert, with great restraint, doesn't laugh at this kind of 50-year-old orc reading a children's book. Um, and he goes, oh, yes, I, re I remember this one. The classic. And Sturm goes, I've, uh, I'm only on chapter three. It's, uh, well, it's a little bit, a little bit hard for me to read. And Bert kind of sees this tenderness in this man who he's seen such violent things from and goes come on you you beat me in single combat I think I think you can learn to read here look I'll help you right so this is the I know what the is thanks but <laughs> okay fine I was just gauging your stand gauging your level there. and so over the many weeks Bert teaches Sturm how to read using this one book and the story is just, it's very simple, but it is incredibly affecting. And Sturm just 
cries at the end and he's so proud of himself for having learned to read this one book and it's this thing that they use to connect each other and so Sturm eventually he, he goes to the guild and he sees that it's doing fine and Dr. Hieromus is, is, is doing a fantastic job of running the place and, and then he's wandering through town and he sees this library and he sees a bunch of urchins on the street outside the library and he, was, he grew up on the streets and never was able to, uh, you know, never had much of a chance. And he sees sees these two things, and uh, he just he just beckons a couple of the kids, and he's pretty rough about it. He's like, "Oi, in here!" And they're like, "All right." And uh, he gets them a, co- a couple of like key stage one, uh, but jovial Bob books, and he's like, "Right, sit down, read this. You'll love it." And they're like, "But Mr. Sturm, sir, we can't read." He's like, "Well." Don't worry, I understand what that's like. And so he kind of, over that summer, slowly <laughs> teaches them the basics of reading. And they're like, cool, that book was pretty good, Mr. Sturm, sir. You got any more? And Sturm looks around and he's like, yeah, I think I've got a few more. And so <laughs> what he eventually spends his money on, he builds a little kind of, a little shack kind of attached to the library. And he speaks to Jovial Bob about this, but he's like, he has a little plan. And so he, uh, he, he constructs a little wing of the library where... He, he's got a little crooked sign that he's made himself. And the <laughs> writing is not very good, and some of their letters are backwards. But it's it's it just says Sturm School for Reading Good, um, <laughs> and it's uh, and doesn't it doesn't cost much of his money, but he he makes it this really really nice, lovely furnished, cozy place, and he brings in the kids off the street and he teaches them how to read and inevitably he helps them out with problems they've got and he points them in the direction of you know people that he now knows from his connections could help them with other with other things they need oh Hieronymus with. totally approves of this development and he gives yeah, you a bit of def- funding he gives you a bit of funding money for it he it's definitely all gets good. the gang involved uh, and he he gets um jovial bob to come in and do readings of his new books that the kids are just absolutely thrilled yeah. they get to know the author um but most importantly, most importantly, once every week on a on a Saturday, he takes all the bravest kids out and they go and they go to they go on a little adventure into the mountains, and uh, the gem dragon is waiting, <gasps> and the kids will sit down with their books, and it might even be a, it might even be a new book that Jovial Bob is working on, and the kids read to the dragons or maybe the dragons read to the kids it's like an old person young person exchange <laughs> and uh and Stern looks at that and he has tears in his eyes every week as his as his loves have combined and oh. uh, he knows he's done something good i love that that's fantastic well there you go you. forge is never quite the same again after our trio uh of adventurers bring a great amount of success and peace to the uh, Royal Draconic Society and champion literacy throughout the city of Forge and beyond. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, what 
what a fun episode of Vicky's World. I hope you enjoyed that one shot. If you did, why not chat about it on our Discord? Follow us on Twitch if you want some more fun, weird shenanigans. Um, and uh, go ahead and check out our podcast, which has a couple of other one shots as well as our main campaign. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody, where where can people find you on social media? Uh, let's go for our two regular players first, so Tom gets a little bit more space to do his uh, his uh, another plug if you would like. Um, so, John, where can people find you? Uh, I'm just sharing with Martin now uh, at John Gracie on Twitter. Uh, Fantastic. For all of my goings on. Fantastic. All right. And uh, Talal, where can people find you? Oh, uh, yo, uh, I'm at Talalaban. But um, look, I know there are some uh, fucking zealots in in a certain country who are who, who stolen my name and they're like out there using. No, I'm at Talalaban. Don't get it mixed up. It's nothing to do with them. Just look for Talalaban and you'll find me. That's me, not them. Thank you. Fantastic. I'm at Vic Hawley or at Vic.Hawley um, and or at Vicky's World RPG. Uh, and hey, Tom, where can people find you if they love you and they want us to support you further? Um, yeah, the, probably the best place to find me online would be at CBW Creative on Twitter. Um, but um, wherever you're reading an R.L. Stein story, <laughs> I'll be there. Tom will be there, covered in fucking bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all that remains for me to say is a huge thank you to you guys. If you enjoyed this show, why not uh, invite some folk uh, to come and join us and watch it next week? Uh, we have a main campaign and we are starting our fourth arc uh, that we are just the beginning of, so it's a great time to leap in. Will you understand all the references? No, but it's really heating up uh, and it's very, very exciting. Um, and we do have a couple of one shots that have been edited on our podcast feed so go ahead and check those out uh, alright gang all that remains me to say is thank you so so much for joining us and we will see you next week bye everybody bye. thank you bye bye you've been listening to Vicky's World starring Vicky Hawley John Gracie Sasha Ellen Dan Simpson and me Talal Karkuti all our socials are in the podcast description give us a follow and say hi Find Vicky's World RPG on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Insta to stay up to date with everything Vicky's World, including all of our live streams and the beautiful fan art that we get sent. If you like the show, please, please, please tell your mates. Nothing beats word of mouth, and we really appreciate all the love we've been getting so far, but we're hungry for more. Thanks to Acast for hosting us, and many, 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 many thanks to Adam Janotta Bazowski for the incredible music. This show was edited by yours truly. Logo is by Amber SDF and all our gorgeous artwork is by B. Watts. Theme song by me and John Gracie. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Down in Vicky's world.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.